right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 91 of the Whatever Show. We have got a show for this week. Um, we've, we've got show notes and everything. I, I, we've talked about half of them already before we aired, which is not really professional podcasting, but that's how we roll over here. We're going to rehash all the stuff we said before the episode. I mean, now, to be though. fair, I put all the show notes in, so if we didn't talk about it ahead of time, like you'd basically just be... I'd be going in blind. You'd be getting a, led around by your dick, and that's, that's not really a fun way to thing podcast. to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah rough way to podcast so this week we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff we've got more whatever science i know you guys are excited for that uh, i'm the, probably going to go on a, the last the last science segment we did actually uh, went over really well and so we had a specific request this week for for, for this topic so fantastic um we've got game of thrones it's been i've waited so fucking long to say that we've got game of thrones to talk about that that's right matt's <laughs> getting in game of thrones he's uh, seven episodes into season one we're gonna go over that some what we will leave you a spoiler warning in case um we got a lot of dc news um We've got a, probably one of my favorite recasting rumors, uh, Laura Zorrell in Z- uh, um, Supergirl. This we'll is not talk- a rumor. This is confirmed, yeah, okay, by the way. Not confirmed. So. Probably one of my favorite uh, casting confirmations. We're, we're going to talk about that. Big news in the Justice League world, Joss Whedon's contributions and, and what they mean for the movie. Um, we've got some more rumors about that. Oh, wow. Frank Castle. we got some Punisher news over in the Marvel section of things. Um, talking about... Uh, we, we've got uh, Bernthal talking about his role as... Um, Frank Castle and what that means uh, for his Punisher series. Uh, you know, I think it is going to be a fan favorite. I'm just spoiling it. Uh, Star Wars, we're talking Last Jedi and specifically Brienne of Tarth. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Captain Phasma, Captain if you will. Captain Phasma or Gwendolyn Christie, as she's known, and to Captain normal Phasma, people. Phasma, if you will. Yeah. My best, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. That was perfect. Um, comics. Matt's going to briefly talk about secret empire and then we've got a whole bunch of you know my favorite among the miscellaneous section this week is uh disney who just started its relationship with netflix is going to end its relationship with netflix it's like a tinder date gone wrong um or, or gone I mean, well to be and then, fair you know, it's like a two and a half year long so. tinder date yeah basically um it, it would probably turn out to be the longest tinder relationship so far and i have thoughts on that from a technical standpoint oh this will be fun which will be fun so all right so lots of stuff coming to you including technical thoughts with matt yeah. Exactly. All right, so, so let's science this bitch up. Um. <laughs> All right, so um, so a, a follower of the show reached out to me this afternoon um, and said, "I really enjoyed your uh, your your uh, science." expose on on the uh um the dinosaur lie the myth that is the dinosaur okay we don't really believe that but yes so a follower of the whatever show enjoyed our dinosaur science segment last week um and asked us if we could talk about um the earth and it's being flat Yes. Um, we here at the Whatever Show, of course, are flat earth people. We firmly believe that, uh, years of science and, um, um, pictures, pictures, fucking pictures, uh, totally false and they are flat. And you know who else agrees with us? Fucking Shaquille O'Neal. Um, yeah. and he may not be able to feel, f- uh, shoot a free throw. Um, but he knows his earth science stuff. So, so here's the thing. Obviously, um, what you've just heard is satire completely and totally. No, I mean, the um, horizon. <laughs> that doesn't make that doesn't make sense. That's and, a, that's and, a trick. And why it changes places the further yeah. you go. Um, so here's the thing. Eddie has a big rant that he's going to go off on this. And so I'm just going to get my licks in real quick at the beginning. And I'm just going to say this. Um, people that believe the earth is flat. Like, really? 
we have fucking seen it from space. Like, we have literally seen Earth from space. We have planes that can legitimately fly you so high up into the atmosphere that there's no gravity, and you can see the Earth turning. So... Here's the thing. Uh, this particular breed of people, which seems to be becoming more and more common, the people who look at every single available fact, uh, years and years of science and explanation and theory, in this case, uh, centuries of science explanation and, and, and um, theory, apply it into a provable theorem and decide that no, in fact, that is all wrong because, well, uh, you, know, you know, much in the Sarah Palin-esque sort of like, I can see Russia from my house, sort of like down-home folksy knowledge, uh, the, you people who look at the things like this and then just decide that you're going to, uh, you know, throw out all facts to the wind, you are either the stupidest people on the planet, uh, that's possible, uh, all round ball of it, um, or... Your superpower is contrarianism, as in you're you're uh, so good at just arguing with whatever exists in front of your face that you've now decided to exist with the very threat of reality. Uh, in which case, I kind of applaud you because I don't have that willpower. Like it's it's like uh, it's like um, you know from my favorite book, The King Killer Chronicles, the LR of Ramston Steele. You know, you like you can make your brain do mental gymnastics that no other normal human can do. I applaud you for that. That you're able to pull this piece apart and you're able to look at all of the science that goes into this. Like, I don't know, the solar cycle, the lunar cycle, the uh, the fact that we have fucking days. You're able to look at that and say, no, that's insane. Or oh, the pictures, the, the legitimate pictures we have reproduced from a variety of sources, not just government outlets, not just private outlets, but a variety of sources, and say, no, that's fake. That's part of the round earth conspiracy. Because, of course, there's some money. There's so much money to be made in round earth conspiracy. Because if we didn't know, uh, and there's nobody that's ever personally sailed around the fucking planet. I don't know. Uh, how, how do you it's, how do you do it's this? just like all the this? rich paleontologists out there yeah it's the, the rich paleontologists together it's they a, get together they're with, in league with the with the astronomers as they like to call themselves and the geologists or whatever and they they all they, you know they all uh drink uh, um a wine out of uh, a stripper's uh a shoe before eating their caviar off uh, of their naked breast you know like it is it doesn't make any sense oh yeah um here's the thing <clears throat> part of this stems from a religious dogma and and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I do. You're stupid. Stop um, it. Eddie and I are both ordained ministers. And so I I think I can speak for both of us when I say Jesus. Fuck, can I speak for Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus does not want you to believe that the earth is flat. All right. I don't I don't remember, you know, granted, I, as an ordained minister, I should probably study the Bible a bit more, but I don't quite remember the the passage in the Bible where they're like, uh yeah, it's a disc. Uh the end. Uh, just try not to go too far to the left or you're going to fucking fall off. Like, I don't really remember that part in the Bible. I, I mean, I don't, yeah. I mean, there, there's vague references, but that it also, uh, is a 2000 plus year old text that's been, uh, translated multiple times by illiterate people. So, you know, I <laughs> no, mean, there's nothing fallible about that. Not, um, nothing at all. And sat down by, you know, it's not quite Joseph Smith level of like, uh, the, the, what's those? Oh, the King James called? version. I mean, that, that is absolutely Joseph Smith in the Bible. Cause they were just like, well, um, what, what fits this hierarchy? Like, let's, let's just do this so that it, it yeah, makes take the parts the I like, important. take the parts I like and put them in there. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, um, people can be religious. I'm fine with that. I just, you can't dispute the fact that the earth is round that's that's my thing like if your faith is telling you that you that you have to deny what science has told us 
strictly for the sake of denying what science has told us, then you're doing it wrong. See, and, I, that's, and that, that, that's, you're doing it wrong anyway, because your faith isn't telling you this. There's no part of the Bible that says the fucking earth is flat. That doesn't make any sense. It's not a thing. Um, y- y- there's no part of that. The Catholic Church isn't coming out and saying, the earth is flat. You gotta believe in this thing. They're saying, you fucking morons, get it together. The earth is round. We figured this shit out like 600 years ago. They're also um, saying it's okay for gay people to be married. So, I mean, if the Catholic Church... Yeah. Is yeah. is is woke? Then come on, guys. Yeah. Um, yes, I just used the word woke. No, it's fine. We are super woke here at the whatever show. It's a total thing we do. We say that. We say it's lit too. Also, just now. Just, um, just the one time that I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the time. That's the time we said it, and now it's a thing that happened. Uh, okay. So as long as we're in ranting territory, I want to go off on another rant because um, there's a couple of things that happened this week in the Trump era of the world. Ooh, and ooh, nuclear war. Nuclear war. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, my favorite, I think, is you know, I've been. It's a good thing I played 500 hours of Fallout because now I'm prepared for this. Um, <laughs> I assume. Yeah, we, we're gonna have to watch out for rad scorpions and ghouls. Um, but the ghouls will be cool. Some of them, anyway. I'm pissed um, off because my vault tech rep hasn't come by. Yeah. No, there's been no vault tech rep, which is very disappointing. Um, all right, so let's start with that uh, real briefly. This is probably just about the scariest thing to come out of the Trump presidency so far, because so far it's just basically been the destroying of uh, American de- democratic norms and um, institutions that we've held for you know the last 200 or some odd years. Uh, that's been pretty sad. Then there was that part where he was going to try to lose healthcare and kill like 20 million of us inadvertently or advertently, as it depending on how you look at it. And now we've got you know full on nuclear winter looming over us because as it turns out, there's basically no checks and balances on the president's power to launch a nuclear warhead. Um, so maybe, just maybe, you fuckers sitting there listening who are like, but her emails, she's just, she's way worse than, she's worse than Trump. She's an established, she's an establishment, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You're idiots. Uh, there's never was a scenario in which case, in which Hillary or Bernie was worse than Trump. And now we're seeing that, that come to fruition. So, uh, I gotta say, if we all end up dead or, or dying from radiation poisoning, I can assure you my last, uh, very painful breaths will be used to say, uh, I told you so. Uh, and yours will probably be used to say, uh, but her emails. So, uh, just, just no, just no. Um, secondarily, uh, Trump, can we talk for a second? I mean, I know you're listening. I know you're a fan. Um, maybe nuclear war uh, is not exactly the best dick measuring contest. I know you're a big fan of dick measuring contests. You seem like a tiny little person that would be a big fan of dick measuring contests, uh, but would also not actually pull the wood because you know you're going to come up a few inches short. Um, but maybe uh, arguing with nuclear weapons and putting dick measuring contests in with nuclear weapons probably isn't the way to go. Every uh, show, best podcast ever. Okay. Yeah. Tremendous podcast. That it's it's funny because as he said that his hand shrunk three sizes. Um, then then okay last last point last point. North Korea. I'm not gonna say they're not a threat. They are a threat. They're a threat like a 14 year old with a uh, uh, a small knife. Um, they can do a lot of damage, but when you stick them up against uh, uh you know th- you know 20 full grown uh, uh football linebackers, it's not gonna end up well for them. Uh, so they, they have, they're, they're posturing. They are a 14 year old with a small knife, uh, that's going through their little adolescent angst and they're throwing out whatever shit that they can say because that's what we, you know, they're I was 14. Basically trying to shake us down for our lunch money. I was 14. I don't remember anything. There was hormones. There was, uh, yeah, there, there was yelling things. That's pretty much it. There was a lot of fucking, um, basically like, the only know, thing I've retained from when I was 14 is I still like boobies. 
yeah, that, that stuck with me. Um, but there's, there's, and I assume, like, this is North Korea going through their emo rap metal phase. Like, they're, they're just, they're just yelling shit to try to get you angry so you do something really dumb and then we can have a big fight about it because that's what Teenage Angst does is it spreads. Uh, so maybe, just maybe, we could stop pretending like there's any real threat to North Korea and stop stepping up. Like, it's like my kid coming up to me and posturing, you know, like my six-year-old kid, seven-year-old kid coming up and posturing and be like, I'm going to kick your ass. And me taking him serious and be like, oh, yeah, well, look at these guns, you little bitch. Uh, that'd be retarded. And that's what you're doing right now, Donald Trump. You're giving in to Kim, Kim Jong-un. You're giving him a soundbite so he can further propagandize and indoctrinate his people because uh, you're a fucking moron. Um, so maybe just stop doing that. So so here's the thing. Uh, Eddie's brother-in-law yesterday posted something about, you know, what if <clears throat> instead of sending men and women to die when we go to war, if like our respective nations leaders just had to like fight. Oh, my favorite the, tweet about this was so far. The, it was The uh, problem with this is that if like the war is won or lost by this. I'm relatively certain Kim Jong-un is absolutely going to kick the shit out of DJT. Yeah, that would be sad. Like, uh, so, yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily want to go to the champion route in this case because it's literally, it, it would, it, I don't know, fuck, man. It would just look like a orange marshmallow and an Asian marshmallow just rolling around uh, uh, um, uh, uh, covered in, in um, I'm assuming, chocolate syrup just because DJT's got a thing for that. Dude, it turns out I also remember a lot more from when I was 14 than I thought I did. Yeah. Aladdin. Oh, good movie. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Alien 3. You were 14 way before I was, though. Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven. A League of Their Own. A Few Good Men. Batman Returns. Lethal Weapon 3. And the best one on this list, because it gave us this phrase. Ooh, uh, Scent of a Woman. Nice, nice. That's a solid (laughs) list, actually. Is that 94? 92. 92. Yeah. Good year. Um... Okay, before we leave the Trump rant section, uh, just real briefly again, uh, today there was a horror, horrible act of domestic terrorism per- per- uh, perpetrated and influenced by white nationalists, a- aka Nazis, um, neo Nazis. Neo-Nazis. I mean, you know, pretty much anything, you you don't really, like, when you start with the word Nazi, you can append other things to it, and unless it's, like, anti-Nazi, you're pretty much still a dickbag. So, here's the thing. Yeah, we solved this in 1944, guys. Yeah, Nazis, not good. Not good. We figured that out. Um, so here's the thing. Another despicable uh, uh, and disgusting move by Donald Trump. Uh, when he tweets about this, when he gives a statement about a horrible act of domestic terrorism but, committed hold on, hold on, hold by on, white nationalists, on. you got to build up to this. Okay, you got to let you got to let people know how he normally addresses things. Yeah, let's rub your shoulders first. Um, uh, zero, like completely unabashed, uh, could care less about anybody's feelings when he tweets typically as long as it's about brown people like generally he's just like kick trans people out of the military no problem the reason people voted for him quote unquote is because he is not politically correct islamic terrorism he won't say radical islamic terrorism so he must be a radical islamic terrorist or whatever the fuck the thing was yeah Um, Yeah, he says it like it is yeah we definitely have to ban uh, seven different nations who, as far as I know, haven't really committed any acts of terror of any note or at all. Especially on, on, on domestic soil. Yeah. And, and specifically the refugees fleeing terrorism from those countries. We, we definitely, or, you know, fleeing war from those countries. We definitely have to ban those people. The country whose citizens did perpetuate, like, the biggest 
act of of aggression toward the United States since Pearl Harbor, though. Not on that list. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah, not on the list at all. I do think, actually... There's uh, a Trump hotel there, though. There, There's a Trump hotel there, and I think, you know, after the... You know, they rubbed that orb really good, Possibly if you know what I'm saying. Possibly a golf course. It's I just Trump, one giant sand trap. I think Trump, Trump probably rubbed that orb as, as well as he possibly could while he was over there. You have a full, you know, full jerk on that one. He he did, and it's weird because I have all these tweets from him, um, from from when Obama was in office, saying that if he was ever president, he'd never rub the orb. Yeah, it's interesting that um that he he, he consistently does something that he says he's not going to, and then totally does it. But anyway, like so when he just... said that aggressive actions towards Syria was a bad idea and that it solves nothing. Yeah, and yeah. then he 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 commits those actions. Interesting. So you know, you think hypothetically. Let's just say there's an active islamic terrorism a brown person it doesn't even have to be islamic just pick a brown person doesn't matter pick one uh they drive a car into a crowd full of protesters you think you think djt comes out and says uh there's acts of hate and bigotry perpetrated on all sides and we we need to calm down basically like do you you think that's the case or do you think he's like fucking niggers right uh and and i'll give you a hint i'll give you a hint which one it's gonna be it's not gonna be the the whole understanding uh but no when it's nazis when it's fucking literal Nazis and people protesting Nazis, uh, uh, hates, hate, hate abounds on all sides, hate and bigotry on all sides, and we gotta stop that. Anti-Nazi um, protesters get run down by a fucking car. Yeah. And there's hate on all sides. Hate, hate on all sides. I guess, I guess, as, uh, the van or whatever mowed them down, they were like, fuck Ford Astros, Chevy Astros. Yeah. Man, I fucked my joke up. Um, I, I guess, I guess that's what DJ, he's like, Ford is a proud American company and I will not stand for this. You know, like, um, I guess that's what he's getting at because otherwise, you know, you're, you're yelling at people who are protesting Nazism. So again, uh, DJT, the, the, now for the third or fourth time in your presidency, you've been very, uh, blatantly not calling out racism, white nationalism specifically, um, because I'm gonna guess, I'm just, gonna guess that uh, when you get endorsed by pr- uh, people like david duke as in the leader of the fucking kkk um you're sticking with that you mean you like a, when you accept you campaign contributions there. from him even though you're not accepting campaign comp- contributions um and you interesting you, and then yeah. you and then you also claim that um interesting you, you didn't interesting. know yes that's 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 quite how coincidental david duke was was a kkk icon when i was a goddamn kid and i know who david duke is right yeah yeah so i'm just gonna go out on the limb in there and say that the reason that donald trump isn't condemning the white nationalists is because he's got a very strong incentive not to do so in the fact that they vote for him and if you needed any more like uh hey am i making the right decision uh you look at a crowd of nazis and you say well they all like this guy he seems like a cool dude i'm gonna vote for him too um yeah let's not try to pretend that you're you know completely not racist because if you're okay voting with somebody who's very vocally backed by a bunch of bunch of bunch of racists you're probably not entirely correct about your summation of yourself yeah see here's the thing everybody wants to talk about and and again i don't mean to be overly overly anti-religious but we do use religion a lot these days to justify bad behavior also since the beginning of time um and there's another group of people that read a book and interpreted it completely wrong and ended up being terrible people. And those were the Nazis when they read Nietzsche. Yeah. So <laughs> pretty much. So there's a way that you can read a book and misinterpret things and then do really, really bad things. So I'm just asking you guys when you're reading your books and I'm all for books. I like books. I think um, just try not to take them too literally and, and try to actually read the subtext. Do you think there's a, there's a whole subset of people who like got done with Harry Potter and they're like fucking muggles, man. 
We right. got to do some shit about those muggles. I, you know, I have not heard of an avid Harry Potter fan um, murdering people. It'd be interesting. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I want to go to the clan meetings for the muggles, you know, like, I, I, I don't know what they do. They wear wizard, they, you know, it'd probably be about the same. They'd wear wizard hats and then, and the robes and they'd, they'd have the wands and the fire and whatever. It'd be about the same, I think. Yeah. All right. All right. Should we get off ranty topics now? Um, we will as soon as I figure out how to get this gif into the show notes. Okay. Um, yeah, that's Jesus riding a dinosaur is what that is. Um, Big old T-Rex. Yeah. It makes sense. It My really wife does. sent that to me. She must be able to hear us from up there. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, if you want to hear Cal Penn's or read Cal Penn's take on, uh, uh, you know, Trump basically uh, going to Twitter and saying that we're ready for nuclear war, I posted an uh, I posted a link to a Wapo article that you know you can read. Oh yeah, your uh, brief aside too. When we we're talking about Cal Penn here, if you're not familiar, Cal Penn's a super fucking smart dude. I know he's like um, um, uh, um, Kumar. Yes. As in Harold and Kumar and, and whatever. But Cal Penn is like a super smart dude. He actually left, um, acting for a while, maybe still. Uh, it was actually his death in, um, house. He, they killed him so abruptly because he left acting to go do, um, he took, um, a, he took a position, uh, in Obama's White House. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's a super fucking smart guy. So, um, he's also kind of funny. So he, he resigned from that position also to do the, um, Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas and then, uh, then re, took that position afterward too so pretty interesting that's gonna be a fun story in the white house when you're like in the white house with your all your super serious people and they're like blah 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 and you're like yeah well i'm gonna take a couple months off and i'm gonna go do harold and kumar three i'm probably gonna smoke a lot of pot and do this movie yeah we'll see you guys legalize that yet by the way or should we shoot you know strictly in colorado yeah um, yeah all right so all right let's let's move on though let's talk let's talk some game of thrones let's this is a phrase i've been waiting is, to say so long it, let's it's, talk it's some been game like of two and a half years and he's not been able to say this yet so yeah uh so we're gonna talk a little bit about season one um if you're caught up through season one then feel free to listen along if you're not caught up through season one there is gonna be some spoilers it's seven um, years old uh and i know i'm just now watching it but we're not gonna really take that in consideration when we talk about some of the things that happen in this so there yeah. will be spoilers yeah there will be f- spoilers for sure if you're super spoiler averse you probably shouldn't listen um but you, you know matt's matt's only seven episodes in and he already knows one of the big the big twists of the season so yeah um, we're gonna take that into consideration a little bit too so keep that in mind i'm gonna say roughly uh you you may be spoiled for season one if you continue listening uh for the next say 10 or 15 minutes so yeah skip ahead friends yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna preface this by saying that i've actually attempted to watch this show several times over the last couple years um uh the first episode i have gotten through pretty easily pretty handily um because i mean and and what tv show can't hook you by um graphically portraying a brother fucking his sister <laughs> or a, pushing a, a kid a out of the window. Yeah. Or a dwarf with his hookers. You know, like, it's all bread and butter. You know, here's the thing. Seen the show. Here's the thing. Like, you watch, that, you watch that scene and you're like, oh, he's just with some random hooker. No, that hooker actually is important throughout the season. Oh, for yeah, whatever yeah. reason. Like, it's... There's a thread there. Um, it, you, there's you'll a thread. Get, you'll get more... Um, get more of that as you go along. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of picked up on that a little bit. But, uh, uh, no. Honestly, my problem with the show is that um, I have kids... And the show is not your typical kid-friendly show. Uh, my oldest now, I probably wouldn't care if she watched along because whatever. Like she's a teenager, so there's some stuff in there that's a little. There is, and it's 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 honestly not the sexuality that bothers me as much as is it is very graphic in certain scenes um, with the uh, the violence it gets and whatnot. Worse, yeah. Um, for me, it's fine. 
Yeah. Um, I understand the magic that is Hollywood, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but if you do have people that are squeamish in your family and whatnot, uh, Maybe not the maybe not the, the show there there you. are parts of it that definitely are going to be very very hard to watch. Um, um and the, the not if you if you ever want to see a horse graphic. get his head hacked off in one stroke by a broadsword, you know this <laughs> is your show. <laughs> this is your show. Um, you know there's lots of them out there, but I think you should select this one uh, because th- this is the one for you. Yeah, um, I, I think any successful primetime show probably has at least one horse beheading. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, you remember that episode of Friends, the one where they behead the horse? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a thing. Um, um, uh, Joey, no, yeah. um, super like this show though. Um, my problem in the past has begun is has again because I have kids and whatnot. It's kind of one of those things where I can't just watch it whenever, and so then by the time I actually have five minutes to watch it, I have five minutes to fall asleep. And, yeah, it's pretty typical. Um, but what I do have nowadays is. A job that um, affords me a Saturday shift where I just get to work on projects in my private office, and I, I can have this on my on my screen while I'm yeah catching up on on a week's worth of work and stuff like that that I didn't do because I was you know busy helping so, people. So I, I hope I hope to see you get to the point very soon where you're just like I can't I have to focus, and, and you have to just watch the show because we're we're getting there pretty quickly. Uh, um, here's the thing. That might be true for a lot of people. For me, my mind multitasks like fucking nobody else. And so it's... It'll probably be easier for you, too, if you're binge-watching the show for the first time. Like, yeah. if you could actually binge on it. But, like, I know getting into the show initially was a little hard for my wife because there's, like, a thousand characters yeah. in the show. Um, And so she's like, who is that... Which which dude, dude, which, even uh, season which one. Lannister is that or even which, season one? Yeah, who, who the fuck? Wh- what's a fray? Why is how many frays are there? And you know, yeah. th- there's there's a ton of characters in the show, um, and that lessens as time goes by a little bit, um, and they sort of start to focus in a little bit more once you get to seasons like four, five, and six and stuff like that. But generally speaking, there's still a ton. It, it is a very very large cast uh, uh, throughout the whole series. Yeah. So right now we're 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 trying to deal with like the seven kingdoms um uh plus what's across the 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 black sea yeah plus what's north of the wall yeah and i think we've only met one or two well we've met like four people from north of the wall so far yeah where i'm at um only one of them is alive <laughs> is that igret the the no that's season two yeah um it's it's the the group of people that try to accost um bran when he's on his horse oh yeah for sure yeah um so only the only the girl is still alive at this point yeah, what's her name? Asha? I don't remember. I don't even know if she's actually said her name yet, but Yeah, okay. Um it, it's hard cuz she's also one of the characters. There's there's another sort of confusing thing that happens in the show it, which is that some characters actually sh- sort of share names like um a notable feature in the show uh, in the the story as well is that um <clears throat> If you're a bastard, depending on which region of the Seven Kingdoms you're from, right. you're going to be like if you're from the north at the cold zone, you're going to be a snow. So right. if you're a bastard, like your John name snow. is going to be John Snow, for example. Um, if uh, you're from uh, another, you know, bastard, you know, like if you're from the north, not at the north, uh, I think it's the south, maybe. Fuck, I can't remember wherever the fuck Dorne is. Um, you're going to be a sand. Uh, so uh, uh, there's a there variety of south. sands. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So there's that whole problem with characters having uh, uh, names that are del- deliberately similar or the same. And you um, can't kick over a rock without a Lannister owing you money. So yeah. And then there's the whole problem of like um, um, legacy names are a very big thing in the show. Like uh, Bran Stark is named after Bran Stark from years before, and several different you know like familial relationships have similar names and stuff like that. So that like there's a lot of Bobs follow. and Carls in my family. Yeah, basically. Uh, and then you've got the whole issue of like, there's a- occasionally times when there's no good reason for a name to be the same, but they basically are like, we have an Asha and an Asha in the show, if I remember correctly. Um, and that gets a little confusing to follow for new watchers as well. So yeah. it, it is, it is, um, I'll say if you, if you can multitask at all while watching the show and you're still getting it, cool. Um, but still, I'd kind of recommend you like when you can devote some time to it because there's also a vast array of subtlety in the show. Yeah. Um, It's one of the fantastic things about the show is because there's a lot of twists. There's a lot of things that come up, but had you paid careful attention, you could have foreshadowed them. Not that I'm saying I did because most of these things I didn't get. There's a very few rare things that I actually got early on, um, but you can go trace back to all the different references and stuff like that, which would have led you to that direction, which is kind of crazy because it's it's very subtle. Yeah. And and the thing about this, the the show is that, um, and I realize I'm only in season one, but so far the show does a, a really 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 good job of um with with very little actual time to each specific character um giving those characters uh personalities and and uh and and life that you can actually like you can understand oh i truly um, yeah i truly believe like th- this show will probably go on as something that it, people will reference as far as like, how to do ensembles yeah like it doesn't take long to realize that joffrey is a fuck no that takes about four seconds yeah um it also doesn't take very long to realize uh, that Cersei is also a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, there's there's characters that are more complex than that. Um, Tyrion is one of the ones that is painted as kind of this little bastard who not a, not an actual bastard, but just just an asshole, just yeah. a little asshole um, who's really only in in doing anything for personal gain. And while it's true that he does like his whores, um, he is for the most part. <laughs> Uh, relatively altruistic once you actually um, get to know him. Like, uh, uh, for example, and this is spoiler territory, um, first episode, Jon Snow, second episode, I think, is actually when he's starting to talk about leaving uh, for the wall. Um, Tyrion's really against it because he's just like, why? Like, this is is stupid. Like, you don't... Why do you want to do this? And it goes so far as to actually accompany him to the wall, um, insults almost everybody who's a watchman <laughs> and um he jumps it right up like the, you're the a bunch of rapists yeah. and thieves although in this case it's, it's mostly true yeah it is mostly true um but as much as as much as he's kind of a little bastard uh he understands that Jon snow is probably cut out for a lot more than than standing on a wall uh yeah. protecting against what he believes are mythical creatures <laughs> Yeah, the other great thing is that Tyrion has some of the best lines in the series. Like, um, and this, it gets paid back so well. Like, the, the, this, this is the thing. This show is like solid buildup for like a good five or six seasons. And then you, we're, we're starting now, I think, to get some payoff and some of that stuff. But like the line he says to, 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 uh, John of like, um, uh, what is it? It's, it's the bastard line. I can't remember what he says. It's like, uh, you're a bastard, so you might as well always wear that on your sleeve or something. It's not that. 
fuck, I can't remember what it is. I know, I know that he asks. Uh, yeah, tell me more about it, and I'll he, look up. The, he asks the something about you know what it's <laughs> what it's like to be the bastard of of whatever, and and like Jon Snow is basically will just like uh, ask me more politely, and I'll answer you kind <laughs> of thing. Um, no, there is a specific line. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I can't remember. I can't remember word for word what the line is. Yeah, because it, it does get revisited on him like two episodes later. Yeah, I'll find it. I'll find it. Um, there's you find yourself actually being drawn to a lot of different characters for a lot of different reasons in a very short period of time, and that's one of the reasons why if you don't actually have time to pay attention to the show, you might as well not bother watching it because you're not really going to understand it, and you're not going to get as much out of it. I think that's why it's taken me this long to actually get into it is because it's it's just a matter of, like, do I have time to sit down and actually pay attention to this show? Um, a lot of the times I'm very much a... I have my phone in my hand and I'm doing other things while I'm watching shows because I'm really good at listening to things. Um, but as Eddie said, like, with this show, there's a lot of names that are super similar and there's a lot of other things um, that can get confusing if you're not actually watching and seeing the characters uh, on the screen to know who they are. Uh I can tell you that it is fun for me watching uh, Daenerys uh, learn about how much of a fucking dick her brother is. Oh, okay. Um, I found the line, and uh, and it was really surprising me. So what I'm used to, what I'm used to, is a lot of shows um, that drag things out a lot. Um, I'm used to a lot of will they, won't they kind of things, and I'm used to, um, you know, why doesn't. Uh, Lana figure out that Clark is a, yeah. an alien. Yeah, Game of Thrones you know? isn't like that. Game of Thrones like shoots its wad right away. But the thing is, it's like learn, learn like some crazy tantric sex position, and it just manages to go for like the next nineteen hours. Well, it's it's weird because like so the character of Daenerys, for example, like a lot of shows would take a couple of years to like show her like learning how to manipulate her brother and shit like that. But then like as soon as she marries uh, Drogo, mm-hmm. she's just like. I'm just going to command my people and you're going to do what they say. Cause if you don't, they're going to fucking kill you. Yeah. You know? Um, and I don't think that she believes, I mean, even from the beginning, when you first meet them, I don't think she believes that her brother is ever going to be a decent King or anything like that. Um, and then there's the whole thing with the dragon eggs and the, they don't burn her when they're been in the hot coals and stuff like that, which pays off really well yeah. later on. But, the um the, the whole story is pretty great. Okay, yeah. so anyway, before we go bastard too far, line. I got the bastard line. So this is in uh, season one, episode one, actually, and it's Tyrion talking to John, and it, and he says, "Let me give you some advice, bastard." Uh, he very pointedly calls him a bastard. Yeah. It's like, "Let me give you some advice, you stupid cunt." Like he he's very pointedly calling him a bastard. Um, anyway, uh, never forget what you are. The rest of the world will not wear it like an armor. It can never be used to hurt you. And then Jon Snow says, of course, what the hell do you know about being a bastard? And Tyrion says, all dwarfs are bastards in their father's eyes. So um, Tyrion does have probably some of the best quotes in the whole goddamn series. Like uh, th- there's there's some choice quotes all over the place. But um, that one in particular, I think, is is just great. Because if you replace bastard with basically anything else, le- you know, like, let me give you some advice, homosexual kid, you know, like th- that that plays just as well. Or let me give you some advice, you know, person who's really self-conscious yeah. about the, the a facial tick or person who's really self-conscious about, you know, having a wart or something like that. It just it's the same goddamn thing, uh, which I really love. And it, that, that sort of thing is peppered throughout Game of Thrones. Um, you mean like if Donald Trump would just admit to being a xenophobic prick, then people couldn't use that against him? 
well, no. Like, I if he just owned think it? That, I think it's more the tiny hands thing. If, if, he, if he wasn't so obviously insecure about the tiny hands thing, if, if he wasn't so obviously such a giant, insecure man-child about having tiny hands, people wouldn't give a shit. You, but instead, he is, and so it's even more satisfying to mock that. Do you think that's why he didn't throw out the first pitch of, of the season? Because he for, couldn't get his hand around a baseball? I, I, is it because he didn't want it to look like he was throwing a base or a basketball across... I think, I think, you know, if they handed him a golf ball and he would have thrown that instead, um, they, they could have they done could have some like painted little stitches on it. Real like propaganda moment where like, did you see the size of that ball? That was huge. I don't know if a regular ball player could handle that thing. Um, um, meanwhile, the batter is like squinting, trying to find the thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, tiny hands jokes. They keep on giving. Um, so speaking of tiny hands, tell me more about Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful segue. I hope Tyrion feels the same. Um, uh, of course, by that we mean Peter Dinklage. Uh, well, he's never going to forget it, so we can't use it against him. Yeah, it's true. Um, man, you know, I, I kind of like this line even better because he shot that shit. Like, and you know, he knows it. Like, you know, he he either feels that or he was able to identify. Like, I just don't understand how you could not identify with that uh, line as you're doing it. Um, so crazy good. Anyway, um, Tyrion. Tyrion is probably one of my favorite characters in the series. Um, you'll be happy to know that uh, at least as of current show running, uh, not forgetting season getting seven, that, episode four. Yeah, not forgetting that episode five comes out tomorrow. Um, that uh, Tyrion's still alive. Um. Here's here's my advice uh, to anybody who's on the fence about the show and maybe has watched a couple episodes but but doesn't they're still yeah, on the fence. If you watched a couple and you haven't gotten on uh, on the, on board, I'm not sure what's wrong with you. Well, here's the thing: um, at least watch far enough so that you can see Tyrion Lannister confess his crimes. <laughs> yeah, because once he confesses his crimes and you listen to him in great detail talk about his crimes. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Uh if if that doesn't hook you, just stop watching. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Um Yeah, so I don't know. If there's at this point it's kind of late to be having a a Game of Thrones discussion uh that you know specifically like the the discussion that I want to have because it's all been had. You know, like I could talk about the character progressions and um the sort of um layering that the show manages to do and the subtlety and certain things that they pull off and uh you know, once we get into later seasons, I, I look forward to talking to you about how massively production values have gone up and all of that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, just overall takeaways. What, what do you think? What, what, what do you like about the show? Um, specifically right now? Um, the overall story is good. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of like medieval type stories anyway. Yeah. Uh, which this very much is is reminiscent of. There's only like two good medieval medieval stories that you can watch too, and that's like Lord of the Rings, the movies, the first set. Don't don't not talking about the Hobbit, right? And right. then there's like this one. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm a fan of this stuff. Um, the other piece of it is, like I said before, I very much like the uh, attention to detail they give to each character, even given the small amount of time uh, that you get to spend with each character at any given time. Um. Casting, casting is phenomenal in this show. Um, oh yeah, um, casting is amazing in the show, which is funny because they're pretty much all British actors, and so you've seen them in a lot of other things too. Um, because there's only, I think there's only four working British actors, uh, and and I don't know how they pull that off in Game of Thrones, but I think that's the case because if you ever watch a British show, you'll you'll see all four of those people play ninety two different characters. Yeah, um, Lena Headey is. 
amazing actually um she's really good in this role and actually i can't i i don't know that i can tell you a role that i've seen her in that she's not been good at no she's um, good i really enjoyed her as sarah connor in the um sarah connor chronicles tv show um i really enjoyed her as and i can't remember her name but um from uh dread yeah i can't remember her name mama something yeah she's a bad guy that's yeah. that's all i remember i uh, really enjoyed her in that um and i've seen her in several other things um that she's been good in so uh good on them for that um joffrey the kid who plays joffrey is, is an amazing actor and i understand that he doesn't act anymore uh specifically um not maybe specifically because of it i think it, that was his intent but um he nailed it like he he knocked it out of the park and you know like and I, and it, everything to me comes back to wrestling it's really all about you know to be an effective heel like you really have to know how to make people hate you and that kid pulled it off in the first fucking episode like you just hate that little bastard so oh yeah he's he's like um who's that fucking prick that they brought into harry potter um the the the, the chick teacher i think it was like book five dolores, dolores. umbridge yeah yeah it, it, just an amazing ability to make you hate everything or about even them. draco malfoy like you look at you look at the kid who played draco See, malfoy draco's a whiny prick and by the by the end of the series you're like oh he's just a whiny little prick well um by the end of the movies, he's kind of less important. Like the books, he's a little bit more important, and uh, yeah, that's for different true. reasons and whatnot. But you but, also, you also, you do come to you you come to understand that he's not necessarily as much of a dick as he was in earlier seasons because it's it's um in a way that kind of relates to Game of Thrones. Um, it, it's kind of that was what was expected of him by generations past and whatnot, and so that's just kind of what he did. That's the other piece I really like about Game of Thrones is it really does. And you can shed, you, you can draw parallels between how kingdoms work and how corporate environments work where like people are expected to bow to CEOs and executives just because they're CEOs and executives and shit like that. Like, yeah. Um, and it plays a really important role in, in Game of Thrones about, you know, especially concerning like Ned Stark, who wants to be loyal to his king because the king is not only his king but also his his childhood friend who married his sister and all that um and and does some really foul things just because of that loyalty to the crown and to his friend yeah um well foul in context here foul you know from our our our, the viewer's perception but compared to everybody else he's a fucking saint well yeah yeah i mean he killed he killed his daughter's dog you know because the because of the whole thing with joffrey and whatnot and it was it was for nothing more than just like well he's the king yeah basically um and i don't know that we're living in a much different society than that right now yeah, pretty much. I mean, we we have some freedoms um, at this point, but like it's 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 very. There's a lot of parallels. Like you said, you can draw a lot of parallels between you know um, if you've ever worked in a in a heavily corporate environment, uh, which I know Eddie has. Like you're you're expected to treat certain people a certain way just because of their station. Yeah, and they don't necessarily earn that treatment. If you've ever been in any environment, I'm sure you've run across that situation. Unless you're one of those people, in which case, just please don't be a dick about it. Dude, I used to work at T-Mobile. In the in a, in a call center, and I'm not even kidding you. If we had an executive come down from the corporate office, like guys that normally wore like flip flops and a Hawaiian shirt would show up in like full dress slacks, like a blue power tie and whatnot. And I'm like, guys, you work at a fucking call center. <laughs> like, you can dress up however you want, but ultimately, like, 
you still do an entry level job. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe slightly above entry level at, at, at that particular station. But like, it's more like, you know, try not to be the ant that gets stepped on, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I've never gotten that mentality and I'm kind of glad that I don't necessarily have to, you know, uh, pay fealty to somebody just because, you know, they were born into money. Yeah, basically. Um, so anything else you want to talk about a Game of Thrones? Um, not at this time, just because I'm not quite done with season one. I do in coming weeks, I would very much like to be able to like finish a season. Yeah. And then, you know, same. there's going to be a catch next week though. And that I'm out of town. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I'll be in Seattle Friday, Saturday and, and coming home on Sunday, the day before the eclipse. So that ought to be fun on I five. I mean, you will be coming home perpetually for like 19 hours probably, but sure. Well, we're going to try and leave at like four thirty-five in the morning. So hopefully we, we beat some of the traffic, but good luck. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where we're at there. <laughs> um, I do hope to be home Sunday because Sunday is SummerSlam. Ooh, and I'd like to be able yeah. to record after SummerSlam. Yeah, and I know Bailey is is already canceled his D and D session <laughs> in order to be here. So that's important. That's a big deal. Yeah, it is, it's commitment. Uh, yeah. Which I was like, yeah, it's cool that you did that, but I'm hoping I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, not 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 anything more that I want to talk about about the specific show. We are going to talk about how Game of Thrones fans are kind of shitty pet owners, real quick. Oh yeah, yeah, let's do that. So if you watch Game of Thrones and you see that there's giant direwolves, and you're like, I should have myself a direwolf, but those don't really exist. So I'm going to get a Malamute or a Husky, another giant fucking dog. Um, and that should be easy. I'm pretty sure they just do they they just do cool shit all the time, and they're never any work at all. Uh, I don't know. Go fuck yourself, because you could solve that problem with a Google. Like, uh, it's very easy to figure out that dogs of any sort are usually a lot of work. Um, some dogs more than others, but in particular with the Malamute, Malamutes and Huskies, um, you're looking at a dog that has a super, 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 super lot of energy, which also requires a ton of food, which also requires a ton of you know shit pooping and cleaning up of that shit. Uh, and so not just pooping, shit, shit pooping. pooping. <laughs> <laughs> that one got away from me a little. Um, yeah, so as it turns out, that's a lot of work. So if you're that type of person who did not even a five-second amount of research on that and then you abandon that dog, you should double go fuck yourself. Um, so the other thing, too, about dogs that are, like, especially, like, Alaskan Malamutes and Huskies, um, they're also very, very, very um, territorial when it comes to their, their owners, their people. Um, and... Some of that leads to biting of other people when they feel like you might be threatening or a threat or whatever. Like, um, those type of dogs are not necessarily the kind of dog that you have when you have people in and out of your house all the time and stuff like that because they blend with one particular set of people and fuck everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you really got to do your research when it comes to dogs and, and, don't just get a dog because they look cool on TV. Um, don't get a fucking husky or an Alaskan Malamute if you live in a tiny city lot because you will never be able to take care of that dog the way it needs to be taken care of. Yeah. So th- th- this is the short story for basically any sort of dog. If you live in dog. Alaska and run the Iditarod regularly, cool. <laughs> go, go for it. Go for it. Um, this is kind of the short story with any sort of dog ownership. Um, I'm listening to another podcast. Um, that's the Accidental Tech Podcast. No, actually, I think he talks about this more on a different podcast, which is called Reconcilable Differences, in which he talks about his uh, uh, most recent dog ownership. And he describes having a puppy. And he says, you know, basically, I put more care into this dog the last, you know, three or four weeks, uh, this puppy, than I have, like, any of my fucking children. And thinking back on that, 
I don't think he's wrong. Like if you decide to buy a puppy, especially you're going to put more work into that puppy to get it to stop shitting, pissing and eating all your shit over the first three months uh, of its life, then you're probably going to put into having a, a newborn child. Like, cause you know what the thing is? The newborn child generally at some point will go to sleep and will stay asleep for like three whole hours without your intervention. And generally speaking, you can set that thing down somewhere. You can set it, say like in a crib and it's not going to run off and eat your sh- eat your towels while you take a piss. Um, this is not the case with dogs. So if you're thinking about getting a dog, especially if you're thinking about getting a puppy, just understand it's a fantastic amount of work. Like you really have to devote a significant amount of time to that or it's going to be really, really hellish. And then that's not the dog's fault. That's your fucking fault for not knowing what you're getting into. It, it really is. Like people have an inclination to want to get a dog as a puppy too a lot of the time. And Oh, you almost never should. Unless you really, I, really can devote the time to the dog, you should get a rescue or that's, something. That's the thing. Um, you guys have all heard us talk about Luna. You probably heard Luna on the show <laughs> significantly, or at least you've heard her pause tapping across the floor. L- Luna's a really good dog. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a little bit neurotic, but she's a super good dog. Um, she's a herder, so that's where the neuroses come from. Comes from because yep. she's she's got a natural tendency to want to make sure people are in the same location and whatnot. I got a I got a I got a herder as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the thing about Luna though is I've had her since she was four weeks old. Um, it was way too young for her to be weaned, but you know, when you acquire a dog from less than reputable people, shit happens. Yeah. Uh, she's as good as she is though, because I, I was not employed when I got her. Yeah. I was home every day. That's I, about the only way you can do a puppy. And like we, yeah, we, we really thought about getting another dog later on. And like, my wife was just like, you can't get a puppy. Cause like you, you were home with her all the time. Like we, we, we literally don't have the, the amount of hours required to, to train one, especially you a know? high energy dog like that. Like herders typically are higher energy dogs. Uh, um, labs are high energy dogs. A lot of the dogs that people think of like, that's the dog I want are, are like high energy dogs that are going to take a significant amount of effort for you to get to like a functional state. Uh, and you know, so it, it's actually a good thing you weren't employed at the time you got her. Otherwise she'd probably be really fucking retarded, even like past Luna retarded, like way retarded. Yeah. It's, it's funny too, because like the only, the only issues we ever had with her when we're, when we were living in a different place is like, um, we didn't know how trustworthy she was. And so when we would leave, um, we would put her outside mm-hmm. while we were gone, and invariably she would chew through the the cable from the satellite into the house, <laughs> and she did it more than once. Yeah. Um. And then when we moved into the smaller place, like there was no yard that we could just leave her in and whatnot. And we're just like, well, I guess we just have to leave her here. And it turns out she's totally cool with being left in the house. Doesn't chew up things. Like she's interesting. Fine. Um. Wish I'd have known that before I had the satellite people repair the line. See, we, times, we but... had potty training problems for the first, you know, like the, the, the house we bought her in, we, we, um, we left and if, if we had, um, we would have had to replace the carpets like to ever sell that thing properly because like every inch of carpet, especially for the whole stairs and the whole hallway was just like covered in piss because we, we spent a lot of time trying to potty train her, but that's the thing. We were both full-time employees at that time and we just didn't have the time to properly devote to it. So she was never like a chewer. She didn't really destroy shit too much, but she peed on fucking everything. Um, and, and so that was a real big pain in the ass. Fortunately, we did of course housebreaker, but it, it took really in 
until we moved like because that you know once once the dog pees somewhere especially repeatedly it becomes sort of their territory and they just understand that's where they pee um yeah they just destroy shit and so it wasn't until we moved when we finally got her like properly housebroken and she would stop peeing everywhere in the house luna was weird man because she was like it, six months like to the day pretty much mm-hmm. done yeah and um, she does. So have, note that six months. He got her at four weeks, and then it took six months to get her fully potty trained. Five so, months. So five full months. Yeah. And and here's the thing. It 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 it's a lot of work, and um. And this is a smart dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's not like you know she's been um. You know, bred with her own fucking aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters for you know generations. <laughs> My dog's and a purebred, so yeah, she's probably a little bit dumber. Than, yeah. Yeah. Um. She's she's a smart fucking dog, and it, and it still took that long, and it was weird because it, it was like literally six months of the day. Like she's a she's a Valentine's baby, so mm-hmm. um, we're talking like we we got her. She was born February fourteenth. We got her March, like almost to the day, uh, four weeks later, and then it it was August. Wow, you know, and then um, she does have a bladder problem now, so I have to I actually have to give her pills because um, she does kind of just leak now if you don't give her the pills but <laughs> like a lot of old ladies i'm sure she's not even old like that's yeah. the sad part is like she's she's four maybe she just like, doesn't she, care no but, I'm not, i get it i'm just kidding um yeah she's she's uh she's six months younger than natalie six seven months younger than natalie so well um which is weird because i'm sure those two don't remember life without each other um and it'll be really sad when the dog dies and natalie's like well that's yeah, true, we're, we're, you know, it's sad, but I think we're kind of going to end up facing that problem sooner than later. Well, sooner in the next Sid, few years. Sid, Sid's a little older, yeah. Yeah, Sid, Sid, um, we got Sid before we got any of the kids. Um, I think that was 2007 or 8. So she's, she's 10, 11 years old now. She's um, got a yard now, though, at least. That's, yeah. that's kind of helpful. I got to start running her because she's, she's gotten a little tubby and, you know, <laughs> a, a fat dog, much like a fat human, it, it's not good for their lifespan. So, um, Sydney, Sydney's funny. I, I told Eddie this. Uh, she's very territorial. And like when they were in their old house, like you couldn't have a stranger, especially a dude, come into the house oh, yeah, without just Sid a dude just like barking and very sexist, very sexist dog. Because you could probably march a parade of girls through there and she wouldn't give a shit. Uh, um, but a one single, you know, t- guy walks in and, and she flips her shit. But yeah, Eddie uh, and I made a batch of beer that never uh, actually finished uh what six years ago yeah because my my kid filled it with and, dog food <laughs> and that dog should have stuck with it it probably would have been fine that dog barked at me like almost the entire time we were there yeah um helping eddie move these last couple weeks like the dog barked at me when we we're in the old house and then we get to the new house and the dog's not barking yeah and i was like dude i bet you i bet you she's not gonna bark at me because i was here first and yeah, then she like, just imprinted or something yeah and then it was weird because um the second the second day i was helping you out i went over there you weren't there we told the story last week um and watch i watched a bunch of preacher yeah. but uh the dog didn't bark at me at all like yeah. sid was just like i'm not sure about you but i'm not barking <laughs> i guess we're cool whatever yeah um yeah i don't know so anyway dog ownership a lot of work if you're a fan of game of thrones um maybe try getting a replica sword online uh not a dog that requires yeah. a ton of care yeah um or you know if you really have to have a live pet because of the game of thrones uh find a dragon go out and look for the perfect dragon yeah that's all i'm saying <laughs> just just keep looking until you find the exact dragon that you want yeah don't don't give up on the first dragon you see because that probably isn't the best dragon you got to actually dig dig to the back of the shelf and get the dragon that nobody else has really played with first and then then get that dragon yep all right we will be back to talk about dc and more uh but first i'm thirsty yeah all right we're back let's talk some dc um so we talked about casting rumors dude 
casting probably my favorite news to be a month old yeah um <laughs> so this was happening probably in the busiest part of the thing where we weren't recording and uh we missed it until now and now that i've heard it i'm super excited about that and this is uh, uh laura zorel has um, been recast aka Kara's uh birth Mummy. mother yeah um which also means that if there's any reoccurrences of uh the aunt whose name i don't remember at this point in time um, Ooh, good point. Because they were played by the same actress. Yeah. Um, apparently, she's not available um, to them anymore for whatever reason, professional reasons, I assume. Uh, I don't think there was any bad blood or anything like that. She just had other obligations. Yeah. But she has been recast, and she will be in the first episode of the season. And that's neat. But the neat part. She's been recast uh, with uh, Erica Durance, also known as Lois Lane from Smallville. Yeah. Also known as... Hottie McCotterson. Yeah, so the crazy part about this, actually, is that when I heard this rumor, I was like, she's not old enough to be... And then I was like, oh, yeah, 10 years have passed since that show's been off the air. Yeah. Um, I, I still don't know if she's old enough, because that, that's got to put her in her late 30s at best. Um, I think she's my age. Did Well, and, yeah, in late Cara's, 30s. Well, Cara's, I guess. Yeah. Is Cara, like, 12? Um, yeah, Erica Durant, I think, is 40. I think she's 40. Kryptonian, I guess. She's Kryptonian. Maybe she can play older. Um but anyway, yeah. Um, so that was that was the first thought I had was like, no, this, she's like twenty seven. She can't. Oh yeah, wait. She's probably time, technically not old enough. Time but. happens to people, you know, not just. And time happens to all people. And even though she still looks the same from the show that I'm watching DVDs of from two thousand seven, uh, she's actually you know different. Um, but this is this is one of the things that my wife and I talked about this at, at pretty good length. In fact, I wish she was here because um, she's really good at pointing out these different little nuances and whatnot. But. Um, the new CW superhero shows have really done a fantastic job paying homage to uh, past characters and actors who have portrayed those characters. And the CW's kind of been good at that before. Um, they had Margot Kidder, actually, in Smallville uh, for a brief period of time, along with Christopher Reeve. Like, the two of them were together yeah, that was fun. For, for a time. Um, Smallville had brought in um, Dean Cain for uh, an episode as well to play a villain in an episode. That and might be also- later than you've been. But he's also Kara's adopted dad. Yeah. Um, Helen Slater is Kara's adopted mom, who was the original Supergirl from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they just do all sorts of shit like that. Um, the Flash brought in Wesley Allen Ship as the Flash's dad, and we all know that he played the Flash in the 1990 um, Warner Brothers series. That, that that actually, in particular, is one of the more inspired choices because um, he's just so good at that character. Yeah. 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 Uh, they they brought in Mark Hamill to be the trickster again, also from the 90s. Uh, series yeah uh so they, they they've done a really good job uh at paying homage to these things and um you know the, the only thing that i really wish they'd have done is brought in um uh um uh, his superman clark brandon ruth no from smallville Oh, uh, Tom, uh, Welling. Tom Welling. I really wish they'd have brought in Welling to be Superman for the the, the few episodes that Superman has been in for Supergirl. Because I, you know, I know they're not the same universe, but god damn it, it would have just, it would have worked. Yeah, the only thing I have to say is I haven't seen Welling recently. I'm going to guess he's one of those pricks that hasn't aged a day. Um, Welling is older than I am. Like, he's a year or two older than me. Yeah. And is probably in ridiculous shape still yeah i mean well like he was like 35 when he was playing a teenager so that doesn't surprise me too much um well even even um like legends and arrow using brandon routh as ray palmer is is one of those homages as well so yeah it's a subtle subtle nod yeah i I like it i think it works 
Um, but you know, the, 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 the scene I long for now is, um, where she runs into, um, Superman, Superman. Yeah. And they're just like, do I know you? Yeah. <laughs> you look familiar. Like, yeah. like when Brandon Rouse said that the, that Carl looked like his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the, in the big anniversary episode. That was, yeah, that was, that classic. was good stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, Erica Durant's obviously I'm super stoked for this. I don't know how, how often she's going to be in the show. Probably not a ton, but no, I mean, at this point she's re- resigned a hologram or if they, I guess they could bring her back as another big villain, but I think, didn't they kill her? Yeah, I think they killed, like, the, what's her name? But, yeah, um, I think, so I think she's pretty much hologram status at this point for the most part. But, uh, the but, wife and I have been watching Smallville, like, rewatching it, uh, recently, and we've, we've just gotten to where Erica Durance is, is credited now in the opening scenes because they brought her in season four, but she wasn't in every episode. Yeah. Season five, I think, is when she, she made it into the credits, and I think we're, like, a few episodes into season six now, so, um, but she's my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, she's good. She's a super good Lois Lane. Honestly, like in the coming from a comic book fan who's who's absorbed every form of Superman uh visual media that you can uh shy of the comic books as well. Like she's definitely no Kate Bosworth. <laughs> no. And we mean that in the best possible way. <laughs> um I no, I super enjoy her. I I I never liked the idea of Margot Kidder. And I realized the first one was in 77 and like people just smoked back then. And that was kind of a thing. But like it, it always just kind of turned me off to the character of Lois Lane because Lois Lane is a smart person. And uh, I guess in my weird little way, I think that smart people shouldn't smoke. Yeah, it sounds right. Um, I don't know. Um, Margot Kidder, I don't know. She's kind of canonical for me because, um, of course, I was of the age when that that was the Superman that was my Superman, and so of course the that was everybody's go. Superman for a long time, dude. Don't don't, don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, but. but um, she was fine. Uh, uh Margot Kidder was long before I think, Superman was a hobo with a beard. Yeah. Uh, Kate Bosworth is definitely not my favorite incarnation. She's probably the one I like the least so far. Um. I really, um, Terry Hatcher, actually Terry Hatcher was a pretty good Lois Lane. I thought Terry yeah. Hatcher is probably one of my favorite portrayals of Lois Lane. Um, See, I was, I was a, a younger adolescent male when, uh, Lois and Clark came on TV and it was a weird dynamic because, um, I watched it purely because, well, for two reasons. Number one, huge comic book nerd my entire life. Mm-hmm. And so that was a thing. But Terry Hatcher, uh, especially back in those days, whew. Man, smoking, smoking hot. She's she's still smoking hot. Crazy thing is, my mom liked that show, and so like it was this weird dynamic where I'm like, I'm able to sit here and watch this really good show, um, and not be told to turn it off or anything like that because my mom is also enjoying it for entirely uh, what I considered at the time, you know, adult reasons. <laughs> like obviously this has good writing or something, you know. It didn't, but <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, we just we get older, but we don't necessarily change that much. Um. Yeah, so uh, Terry Hatcher is one of my favorite portrayals. I, I didn't like Kate Bosworth pretty much at all. There's a lot of things I didn't like about that particular movie, but Kate Bosworth as Lois Lane didn't make any sense to me ever. And finally, we, we're at Modern Day Lois, um, which is, I always want to say Isla Fisher, but that's not it. Who's her fucking face? Um, who's Lois in, in Man of Steel? Oh, um, uh, Amy Adams. Yeah, K- Isla Fisher's, uh, uh, you know, sort of... Um, Prettier. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> yeah. So Isla Fisher was in wedding, wedding crashers. I like Amy Adams. Um, and, and she's, she's married to Borat. 
she's okay as Lois. She's not a she's not a bad Lois, but she's also not my she's not my end game Lois. Like she's not the the perfect one. I, I'm gonna I, I'm I'm sticking with the Erica Durant. To me, she's kind of like the the penultimate um Lois. The even the movies though, even the DCEU movies have kind of paid homage to past characters and stuff like that. Um the dude that was uh the photographer that was really a CIA agent, uh Jimmy, when yeah. he when they went to the desert and whatnot. Um he was the same guy that uh played uh Julian Luther in Smallville in season eight, I think, which you're not on yet. No. But I recognized him when we were in the movie as so I was like, That's that's that guy. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then, um, obviously, um, uh, Victor Stone's dad, Silas Stone, uh, in the new Justice League movie is, uh, the same guy that played, uh, the first Dr. Hamilton for Smallville. He's really recognizable. He's one of those character actors that when I see him, I immediately recognize him, but I never, I, if you I ever watched Eureka, he's name. Henry. Yeah. And yep. so that's to me, like he's, he's always probably going to be Henry from yeah. that show. But, um, anyway, I, I think. That's one thing that DC really does well. Um, whether you enjoy the, the, the cinematic universe, the TV or whatever, the TV is obviously kind of the, the, the superior product at this point, at least uh, not counting Wonder Woman. Cause that movie's fucking awesome. Yeah. But, uh, it, it doesn't seem to matter whether or not it's, it's the television or the cinematic side. Like they do do a, a, a tremendous job at, at paying, uh, some respect to, to to previous players and stuff like that. So I, I appreciate that at least, even if I don't always care for all of the movies. Yeah. Speaking of previous players, uh, John Berman and Mark Guggenheim are both open to bringing back Markham, uh, Malcolm, Markham, 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 Malcolm Merlin. They're both open to bringing back the character of Malcolm Merlin. Um, as we know, uh, in comics, characters don't often stay dead, except for if you're Ben Parker. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, he is kind of always dead, isn't he? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Everybody else is fine. You, you get reincarnation, but um, it's Ben Parker. Ben Ben Parker stays dead. Everybody else zombies the fuck out of everything. That is true. Like I, I don't think I really ever had had thought about that, but you're not wrong. Um, so yeah, Barrowman, uh earlier in the spring at a con was just like, hey, um, I'm not gonna do this anymore because you know uh, they they killed my character. <laughs> you know, essentially, he didn't like come right out and say it like that. He was just like. Um, not looking promising going forward, you know, kind of a thing. And then, uh, Guggenheim recently was just like, um, we kind of tell everybody that you never know because there's a multiverse, there's time travel, there's, you know, flashbacks, all this kind of thing. So we never like to write people off for good. Berman kind of was like, well, that's kind of news to me because when they told me that my character wasn't coming back, they kind of were just like, you're not coming back. They threw my shit out on the lawn and, and told me, you know, have security escort me out. Yeah, all of a sudden, like, my badge didn't work to get under the lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, um, no, he didn't say that. But uh, it, it, it is it is interesting, like, when you have two different sides of that and, and having it be this public, because it's not always like that. Yeah. Um, so, this is another thing. I, I'm, I'm not really a... I am a fan, and I'm, a, and I'm not. So, number one, the way that they, quote-unquote, killed his character, immediately when I saw it, I was like, well, he's not dead. Uh, because you didn't see him die. Yeah, off-screen deaths don't equal real death. No. Uh, secondarily... Um, because of his, if he's supposed to be dead, if we're supposed to believe that he's dead because of the way he died in, in the finale of Arrow, um, then we should also believe that every fucking other person on Arrow is dead. Which is a little point. hard to do, because we've already seen, you know, promos for the next season, yeah. and they're, spoilers, they're not all dead. Um, so... The thing, the thing I thought about when reading this is that, like, uh, 
I kind of miss when Arrow had stakes. Like in the early seasons, people die. Uh, and Tommy they, Merlin. Tommy Merlin, Shadow, uh, fucking Mommy, Moira. Yeah. Uh, they, they die. And they, mm-hmm. for the most part, Robert, stay dead. Robert Queen. Robert Queen. I mean, and don't get me wrong, they do show up on very rare occasion in flashbacks or some shit like that, and I'm okay with that. But it's like the characters are really dead, uh, and nowadays, like nobody really dies. To be like, fair, though, Sarah's died like three times. Yeah, she. That, that's what I'm saying. Like she's died. She's dead. Like it, it's getting to be a bit of a meme. Like she's like Kenny. Uh, so uh, uh, I, I at this point, she's, like she's hotter than Kenny, though. That that's true. Well, I don't know. Have you seen what's under that orange hood, hoodie? <laughs> um, so. Yeah, it, it, I, I do kind of miss when there were stakes because at this point everybody dies and it's not really that big a deal in uh, the end. You know, so, you know, can, compare that to Game of Thrones. People fucking die in that show. Like, let, people fucking die. Like, that's the that's the short of that. So, anyway, uh, John Barrowman. Same thing. People die. Yeah, John Marilyn may Glenn, be back. Glenn's not coming back. <laughs> no, I don't think Spoilers. he's coming I don't think he's gonna. <laughs> Another spoiler that I think at this point, if you if you haven't already seen or watched, you you probably never whatever. Yeah. Um. Okay. So moving on. Joss Whedon. We didn't Just talk about Whedon. Whedon. Well, let's we're we're already talking Arrowverse, so let's finish that up and then okay. we'll go on okay. to uh, Whedon. Um, so last up in the Arrow new er, Arrowverse news is uh, the, from the Flash, actually, and this, that's this that's piece Rebirth. of news is interesting. Yeah, Rebirth is isn't is an interesting take because like well, season three, uh, first episode was Flashpoint. and we're just like, oh my fucking god, they're doing Flashpoint now. Obviously, we thought it was going to be like a bigger thing than it really was because it yeah. was, was kind of just the first episode and in flashpoint honestly that that's probably i think that's going to go down as like my least favorite incarnation of flashpoint unless the dc flash really fucks that up because there was a very there was a very strong rumor that they're going to do flashpoint in the dc movie unless they really and it's fuck not that even up. a rumor it's an announcement yeah. yeah so unless they really fuck that up i think that this is probably going to be one of the worst flashpoint possibilities that they could have gone i mean especially in universe they could have done so much more with that in universe that would have been so much more didn't. amazing it's weird because because like it is a shared universe, but some things just don't have any effect on other things, and it, it kind of bothers me. Um, yeah, they, when I they say got, kind of, I mean it really does bother that, me. That a lot. was very Flashpoint light. Uh, it, it was missing a lot of things that were kind of uh, um, important to the Flashpoint story, which I was kind of disappointed in. So it, it was like, unlike Miller Light, that claims to have the same great taste but with fewer calories. It this was, didn't really even taste that good no. for Flashpoint. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still love The Flash as a show, but uh, that was kind of a weak season opener considering what we w- thought we were getting. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things that actually kind of scares me about this rumor. Uh, did we actually even announce it? We're, we're just cockteasing everybody. You, you did say the word rebirth. Yeah. So what what uh, has been announced and rumored is that uh, they're going to do DC's rebirth. That's the comic series rebirth. Uh, but they're going to do it in the Flash uh, for next season a little bit. I don't know if that's going to be the whole season or if we're going to get like one rebirth episode or what. Um, we'll see. Best possible way they can do they can do rebirth is is that it does cross over to multiple uh, series. Um, it it gives the Flash a lighter tone, which they've already said kind of is is the goal behind doing it. Um, but I think ultimately one of the coolest things that can happen out of it is like Ollie walks into uh, his little bunker thing and sees Felicity and is like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> I think that's probably the plan. Security, get the fuck out of here! And then like uh, Connor Hawk comes down and is like, "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so 
I don't know. That, that, that's a ballsy move because one of the things that makes Rebirth work so well, especially the original Rebirth comic, which I think has got to be the thing that they're going to try to adapt a little bit more. There's actually a few different things, and there I just don't see it happening for the Flash show. <laughs> well, so, number one, like the Watchmen is a huge. As, as much as we haven't seen the Watchmen yet, like it's a huge deal for Rebirth. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to bring the Watchmen into the Flash. I, I definitely do not think that. Secondarily, the other All big of a thing is there's just. Dr. Manhattan's giant dick hanging in front of Barry's face. <laughs> the other thing that doesn't really make a lot of sense and I don't think it's going to work super well is that they've got the whole um, DC's Rebirth is like a whole big thing, like whole big continuity spanning multiple titles, multiple heroes. And based on what they did with the, the um, Flashpoint story, I don't think they're going to do that with Rebirth either. So I think that's going to be also kind of sad because yeah. if, if they don't do it as like a crossover event, like in their own universe and with all their own he- heroes and they don't make a thing out of that, um, that's going to be hard to do, but th- th- that's, that's the final point. Doing rebirth is really fucking hard to do because the whole point of rebirth was, um, here's all this canon. Here's all this story that, you know, happened before that we killed for new 52 that we haven't had so far. And now we're going to reintroduce it. And so since the flash TV watchers don't have that history, there's nothing to reintroduce. So what I think they're saying is basically like, uh, we're going to use this as, a, as an excuse to lighten up the tone and it shares pretty much only name with rebirth because there's just no way they can really do rebirth. Uh, on the show i don't i yeah i i think what we're gonna get is is rebirth light um Very which light. doesn't have to be a bad thing we're gonna get um, like the michelob ultra of my rebirth. my whole thing is like if that's what you're gonna do then don't tease that you're gonna do what we already know is is more detailed than that yeah um I'm going to get off on a little bit of tangent here with with the comic books no, because don't do that at the show no not at all um so with New 52, I remember when I first started hearing the rumblings of the rumors of New 52 in, in the comics world. And basically the idea behind the New 52 was that everything that we've ever seen happen in comic books in the last, you know, 70 years was going to be condensed into a five-year timeline. And they were like, so what that means is that Bruce Wayne really has had three Robins in the last five years. All this stuff actually happened, but it was just condensed down into a small timeline. Um, and then when it came down to writing it practically, you can't do that. And so they just kind of ignored specific things. Superman's fight with Doomsday. Mm-hmm. That was largely ignored. Like it just never happened. Um, the Nightfall Bane thing largely ignored. Like they just didn't talk about it. Um, and, uh, and I think that's why the new 52 didn't work. And ultimately why they ended up doing rebirth is because they were just like, look, there's all this continuity. There was this, all this canon that like now we're just ignoring and we're expected to just move on. See the way that I kind of understood it and, and, and this may be just my, like my layman's interpretation and they may have announced something directly opposite, but the way that I got it was this was just going to be a hard reboot. Like here's the characters, the broad strokes are still the same, but as far as all the stories that we're making a new thing, that's just- what it ended up being, but that's not what it was touted as originally. Yeah. Um, and so the only universe that was really unaffected by it kind of was green lantern because green lantern had already like, they just, they did their own rebirth thing. Yeah. Well, they sort of, but not like they didn't, <sighs> it was hard because the Green Lantern comic books didn't acknowledge the rebirth or, or not. I'm sorry, the New 52 thing at all. Yeah. They were just like, business as usual. Yeah. Like all this stuff, you know, um, which was kind of nice because it was kind of the one comic book that I could lean on that was just like all the history was still there. Yeah. Um, now we're getting into the rebirth and stuff like that with Superman. And, and, and now we know why the Superman from New 52 hadn't fought Doomsday. Um, the Batman thing's a little weird. 
because mm-hmm. we're still dealing with the same Batman, but now all of a sudden these things matter again, like Bane and, and all that kind of stuff. And don't get me wrong, I think Snyder did a wonderful job, um, and Capullo both with the New 52 run. Uh, but I'm really liking the Tom King stuff as well. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, in fact, this, what King's doing with, with, uh, if you've read any issue of Batman where Catwoman's a part of it is just goddamn incredible and unbelievable. So, uh, probably not where we were going with this particular uh, <laughs> article, but uh, I like comic books. So let's yeah. talk some Joss Whedon stuff. Shall we? We shall. Okay. So big rumor. Um, and when we say rumor, well, it's a rumor because we don't have any confirmation. There's no official sources, but there's a lot of signs pointing in this direction. So uh, we have here a Nerdist link. It's a video link that talks about what Joss Whedon's actual involvement in the Justice League project is right now we talked a few months back about how um uh due to unfortunate circumstances Zack snyder was stepping away from the project um but then he had, he had tagged specifically joss whedon to come in and and, and fill in the blanks so to yeah, speak. yeah he was gonna come in he was gonna dot some eyes cross some t's but the movie was mostly made and uh the story the the, the executives in warner brothers were behind uh snyder's vision and we were gonna still get basically the same movie that snyder wanted uh, uh, uh joss whedon was just coming and playing cleanup um a couple couple uh uh you know reshoots you know, to, yeah. to, to clean up posts, things like that. Yeah. Well, two months of reshoots later and $25 million. Um, $25 million with the reshoots. It's not looking as likely that uh, Whedon's just playing cleanup. And um, this is this is not this is not counting the reshoots that happened uh, while Snyder was still a, a piece of it. Because this movie, my understanding is this movie has essentially been shot about two and a half times now. It, that may be the case. Um, yeah. So the rumor here, and uh, the the Nerdist does a really good job of um, running down some other you know things that make us think that this might be a significant change in direction from where this is going. My, um, my homie Jessica Chobot, Jessica Chobot, a uh, friend of the show who's never heard of us at once, no, uh, but she's pretty amazing. She is. She's good, um, or just pretty. I don't know. Whatever. I'm, I'm shallow creature. Um, so. <laughs> She she goes down. I, I like you for your mind. Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> she goes down a, a whole list of reasons why there's. It's likely that the Whedon's involvement is now going to be embiggened, so to speak, and uh, how it's going to significantly change the movie. And I, for one, I'm a little bit on board because I was kind of noticing this from at least the trailer. Like when they brought up the trailer, and all of a sudden Wonder Woman has a major emphasis in the latest trailer, uh, and there's a lot more jocularity and a lot more funny uh, um, in this. I was like, well, that that feels a little bit more Whedon to me. Um, yeah, and number two, they'd kind of be stupid not to bank on Wonder Woman's popularity at this point. Wonder Woman crushed, and she is without a doubt the f- the, the strongest thing that uh, DCEU has going for it right at this moment. So that that wasn't a super big surprise um, that they'd give her a little bit more emphasis. But I think we're going to see more of that even in the film because I, I I have to assume that some of those reshoots were like everybody fucking loved Wonder Woman. We better put some more Wonder Woman in this movie right now. Um, yeah, well that should have always been the case anyway. But yeah, well I mean Batman vs Superman was like she, she basically got a cameo, um, and uh, so it, but was still amazing. Yeah, uh, but so I'm just thinking, you know, like when they did this movie, um, especially after the success of Wonder Woman and, and the proximity to all the reshoots, they had to be going into that a little bit and saying, well, we got to fit more Wonder Woman. In this I mean, movie. DC had to kind of recognize the writing on the wall when Whedon was like, uh, no, Junkie XL's out and I'm going to get Danny Elfman to score this. Right. Like that, that kind of had to have been a clue. That's a big decision uh, for sure. Uh, so scoring a movie, you know, not a small task and is kind of a big deal. Scoring so- a movie that's 
supposedly already been done once. Yeah. So um, there's that. There's uh, a couple other things too, and and almost here's here's kind of my thing. We were, we were talking about this a little bit before we actually uh, went live, and uh, I honestly almost wonder if this was more of a case of this has been the plan since they brought Joss Whedon on board, and they kind of offered Zack Snyder a way to walk away from the project. Um, and and save a little bit of face well, considering the circumstances about how he walked away from the project i kind of hope this isn't the case but i kind of wonder if 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 some exec at the studio was just like yeah this is gonna happen you i don't know? think I, so i don't think that's the case i think this is like on the surface i think this is exactly what they said like unfortunate circumstances Zack snyder need to walk away for a bit uh joss whedon very talented filmmaker let's get him to do it what i would not be at all surprised at is that they originally came in and they were like, we got Joss Whedon. He'll be able to competently finish the film. Um, what I wouldn't be surprised at at all is if they're like, uh, um, you know, he's actually really good at this. Let's, let's give him like, they kept giving him more rope. Um, and, and they kept giving him more ability, you know, the more, more power over the movie until suddenly given, given the conflict between Whedon and Disney slash Marvel on age of Ultron. I kind of almost wonder if when Joss Whedon came on board, he was like, look, here's the deal. I'll do this. But these are some provisions and if I don't like what I see, things are changing. Yeah, see, I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And, and it wouldn't also surprise me at all if they were like, uh, Joss was like, uh, hey, so here's this thing that they're doing in the, the movie. I think it would be better if we go this direction. And uh, he's got a lot of, you know, he's got a lot of stuff behind him that, that shows that he's probably right, especially story-wise, uh, if they change some things. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if it started off as like, hey, I think we should change this one minor thing. And then it's like, uh, well, actually, you know, the, the minor thing I was talking about was like, say, the second act of the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, anyway, Whedon, uh, Whedon's got apparently a lot of influence over how the movie's going and we'll see how it turns out when the movie actually comes out. This is going to be an interesting one because at this movie, there's a, uh, at this point, there's a lot of hands in this pot and I'm very excited slash terrified to see what it's going to turn out to mix into. One of the things this particular video focuses on <laughs> is the change that he's kind of made to the cyborg character. And to me, um, what this really seems like to me is, uh, the Flash, Aquaman, Cyborg, Wonder Woman are kind of going to be the focus um, for Whedon, which makes sense considering that this will be Cavill's uh, third go around as Superman. Um, Affleck's future with the DCEU has kind of been brought into question not once, not twice, not three times, but probably four or five times at this point. Um, so I think he's really kind of taken these other other featured players and and building a universe that can be centered around any of them should it need to be later on yeah uh he's smart that way he's he's really good at dealing with ensemble casts um obviously if you've ever watched buffy pretty much anything he does he he deals Firefly. with it. He, he's he's pretty much yeah. exclusively ensemble at this point um and uh he does a great job balancing all the different characters the shows that haven't necessarily effect. been ensemble cast that he's done uh firefly obviously was not his fault that was a fox decision which was completely ridiculous um he did have another shot though with uh dollhouse but dollhouse was almost entirely focused on um the character not entirely have you watched the whole run of that i have not watched the whole run but it's i mean it does have a main character for sure, it, but it, it does. It, it is it's, not... it's got more of a main character than even Buffy, and, and the show was fucking called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, that's all I'm getting at right there is is like um, he does really well at those, but then 
I will tell you what I've watched of Dollhouse. I really liked. I don't know why it was canceled after two seasons, but um, I I I didn't hate the show. I I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the Marvel universe. We've only got one piece of Marvel news this week, but this is a pretty good one. Um. So, uh, Frank Castle, uh, as quoted by John Bernthal, will not be a fan favorite among uh, uh show watchers. So what he's saying here essentially is like you you're gonna you're gonna enjoy the show, but you're not necessarily gonna like Frank Castle. Like this isn't gonna be like some um a redemption story about how Frank turns into a totally upstanding dude and uh, uh decides you we're, know we're not getting a hero's journey trope out of out of no. the Punisher. Uh, I'm guessing he's going to kill people. He's going to do some things that are morally reprehensible, just as we'd expect from Frank Castle. And it's going to be great television. So I'm going to I'm going to blend this into my Secret Empire talk a little bit because the two kind of almost go hand in hand um, with this and and the Punisher and the decisions that he makes. Um, so I mentioned the hero's journey. Obviously, um, that's important. We know the Punisher from Daredevil season two. I'm guilty. I can speak for Eddie. I'm I'm, I'm relatively sure he's guilty as well. Watching the Punisher in that show and wanting him to come more in line with Murdoch a little bit and seeing the two of them work together was kind of what I think everybody hoped for. Um, which um, it didn't really happen. Like it kind of did, but didn't not really. Um, and, and we're, we're okay with it. And, and as long as we approach the Punisher series with that mentality, I think we're, we're going to be okay with that as well. Um, it's going to be a lot like Walter White, in Breaking Bad, um, which Eddie hasn't finished yet, but, um, I haven't gotten past like episode three or something. Well, this is, and this is going to be a major spoiler, but like by the end of the series, you're not rooting for Walter White. Oh no, I know that much. You know what I mean? Don't give me more than that. Don't give me more than that. But I know that Walter White is not like a good dude. Yeah, no, I'm totally not going to. Um, but, uh, it doesn't mean it's a bad show. The show is, is a fucking excellent show. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's what we're going to get with uh, Frank Castle's Punisher, which does lead me into the segue of Secret Empire, uh, the comic book storyline currently being told by Marvel Comics, um, spinning directly out of the Hydra Cap yeah. uh, storyline from uh, Captain America's Steve Rogers. So they have rebranded Captain America as of this last week. It is no longer Captain America Sam Wilson and Captain America Steve Rogers. It is now just Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, that's different. Uh, than it was before. It is incredible so far. I'm really enjoying Secret Empire. Um, I've read eight issues of it. I thought it was done after issue eight. I was wrong. <laughs> We're at least getting issue nine. Um, minor spoiler for Eddie uh, concerning the Punisher directly, and this is kind of why this segues into or segue from the uh, Punisher topic. Uh, Punisher in Secret Empire actually aligned himself with Hydrocap. Uh, which I could see that actually, which does make sense because Hydra promises complete and total authoritarian control and control. safety. And so blah, blah, if blah, there's blah. if there's complete control, then there's no crime. So as far as Frank Castle is concerned, this is the battle he's been waging for years, and the ends justify the means. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's along the lines of like what what uh, Bernthal's saying. His his Frank Castle portrayal is going to be like like that's like an example of I think where most that's of us the kind would of decision his Frank disagree, Castle would make. but that's yeah. the kind of decision his Frank Castle would make for yeah, sure. Exactly. Um, so I'm not going to talk more about Secret Empire until Eddie's actually read it. Um, I do highly encourage anybody um, who wants to read a, a, a super good crossover story to read that. I actually read a couple of the titles that it crosses over with. One of them was Captain America, Steve Rogers. Um, that series appears to have run its course. 
which I'm okay with given the current circumstances in Secret Empire. Because it's um, it it's always been more of a uh, uh, you didn't read it necessarily because of what was happening in current events. You read it because of the the, the flashbacks that took place in in it that told you about his Hydra origins. Yeah, uh, which were the interesting pieces. Um, now that Hydra has essentially taken control of the entire United States, it doesn't really yeah doesn't really play anymore. Um, I think we're wrapping it up here really really quick. Um, the other piece of comic book news that I will talk about is I'm almost completely done with uh, the uh, Weapons of Mutant Destruction storyline that uh, crosses over between the Totally Awesome Hulk and Weapon X. Nice. Uh, I think I only have one issue left of that, um, which comes out in like a week and a half. So I'm not like I'm I'm current. I'm actually 100% current on all my Marvel comics now. I was super behind um, and then and then started reading a shit ton. I'm, I'm way behind, way behind. Uh, those are the two. Uh, if if you don't read any other of the Marvel books, read the Secret Empire, just the core series, and then read the the crossover series. It's the Weapons of Mutant Destruction. I think is only like seven or eight issues if you do the Prelude issues, and I'll give you a good read order. Cool. So, um, or you know, you can you can use the actually I kind of have a bone to pick with with uh, How to Love Comics on that one because it told me I should read issues one through four of Weapon X, and then read Totally Awesome Hulk nineteen. And honestly, you should read one through three of Weapon X, and then Hulk nineteen, and then Weapon X four. You'll have to remind me of this later, but yeah, I that will. sounds cool. I will. No, this is this is for the benefit of our our listener who reads comics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Star Wars news. Um, we do have some Star Wars news. We have learned um, that Brienne of Tarth is going to be a more prominent figure in The Last Jedi. And what I mean by that is I mean um, Captain Ooh. Phasma. Yeah, Gwendolyn Christie, who plays Captain Phasma, who you may or may not ever know because she wears a helmet the whole goddamn time, um, is going to be a bigger feature in uh, The Last Jedi. Um, this is not actually a super big surprise because they had originally kind of intended her to be like the Boba Fett of this series um, in that she's a you know popular character amongst the fandom not necessarily a lot of screen time. I think they're going to try to milk that a little bit more with Last Jedi. We'll see. I mean, that in not necessarily a negative way. As long as the story works, I don't really care. Um, yeah. But originally, that that's kind of the way I'd heard her described and billed as. Like, it, it is kind of true. Like, they have this kind of cool character with some sort of, like... Um, interesting things about her that they really didn't do anything at all with in in um, uh, The Force Awakens. So, I hope that we get some expansion of that in Last Jedi. Me too. Um, I also, and this is, I don't have a link in here, but I have heard that they, they have a, a decent, uh, send off planned for, uh, Princess Leia. Good. Uh, this is going to be a hard one, guys. Um, yeah, I, I expect fully to cry in this movie. Yeah. We're, we're four months away almost to the day right now. Four months and three days from, uh, from The Last Jedi in the theaters. Um, this is going to be tough for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, we are going to see Carrie Fisher's last uh, portrayal of, of Princess Leia. Uh, number two, episode nine was originally planned to be a very much Leia-centric story, and that's not going to be the case anymore, obviously. Yeah. I mean, they can kind of still make it Leia-centric um, in a way, but it's going to have to be other people, you know, um, uh uh, bringing us to that rather than having her on screen uh, to do it. So 
um, get ready, guys, because it's going to be a rough couple of movies. And then, uh, from what I understand, it's only going to be like a six month, uh, not six month turnaround, but a, a 18 month turnaround for this one instead of 24. Uh, cause we'll get, uh, we'll get Princess Leia, um, in season or in episode eight. Then we'll get the Han Solo prequel type movie, I guess, six months later. I think that's right. And then a year after that, uh, will be episode nine. And if you want to watch that latest Star Wars movie, you're not going to be able to do it on Netflix. You know, here's the thing. We don't even know that we're going to be able to watch any Star Wars movies on Netflix because when uh, Disney made their deal with Netflix, it didn't necessarily include Star Wars. Well, they did at least a little bit because Rogue One's there. Is it on Netflix now? Yeah, for sure. And okay. so is Doctor Strange. Like the way I understand, I know it is, Doctor like, Strange is. Disney was going to put their movies on Netflix. Um, I don't know what. What's interesting is, will the movies go away that are already on there? Like I, I presume that whenever their deal expires, because um, presumably there's some contracted length of time. Uh, I, I presume that whenever the deal expires, they are going to, um, you know, stop putting new movies on Netflix. Uh, what I'm curious about is, like, are they taking all the content that's already there off? I also assume that's probably going to be the case because they're going to want that catalog for uh, themselves. Pr- themselves. So that's it's, the thing. It's very similar to when the WWE Network uh, launched um, slowly and and over time. Um, all the documentaries, all the WWE documentaries that were on Netflix started disappearing one by one. Because Netflix actually did have a kind of uh, sizable chunk. Yeah. Um, not not of, of, of episodic television, but it was it was the you know, when they release a DVD that you can buy that's a documentary of a specific thing. They had like a DX documentary, a big show documentary, all those kind of things. Yeah. They were there and then and then they, they started going away. There was less and less. So I kind of assume that's the case. Um for those of you who are um not picking up on the context clues <laughs> Disney has announced in 2019 they will be launching their own streaming service. Um, therefore, the deal with Netflix at that point in time is is off. You know, so this is getting really annoying. Like, um, I guess there was never going to be a situation in which everything was nice for the consumer in this regard. But, like, for a very brief moment in time, I was like, Netflix. Netflix is the way to go forward. I'm going to get to play less. I'm going to get all this content. It's going to be great. I only have to pay Netflix. It's going to be super awesome. And then Hulu, and then HBO Go, and then here's the thing: Netflix, and then Amazon Prime, and and you know just not Netflix, as, Netflix, but Disney. As consumers, though, we've kind of asked for this because we kind of always like years and years of dealing with satellite providers and cable providers, and this package versus that package, and whatnot. We've always kind of had that thought, and like, why can't I just pay? for the shows that I want to watch. Yeah, a little bit, but uh, I, I mean, yes, is true. And this is all actually working out like the, the uh, kind of like we asked for um, the, the downside is of course that it's not, it's not really the perfect world. of like, And I think when we asked for it, we didn't know that Disney was going to own literally everything that's cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think the thing is when we were asking for it, we didn't realize that um, we, what we were really asking for was to pay what the shows are worth and not realizing that cable packages are largely subsidized by the more popular programming. And, uh, right. the reason you can afford so many channels for $70 or whatever is because all those, you know, cable channels are, you know, sort of like a back end deal subsidized well, by each they, other. And they're blah, getting blah, blah. advertisement money and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, when you're on Netflix or presumably whatever Disney's going to do, you're not getting the ad revenue from that stuff. Um, so Disney. I gotta, I'm gonna have to pull up the article too, cause there's some details in here that are important to my particular rant that I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go on a little bit of a technology rant. Not necessarily even, I'm not gonna get too tech specific. Yeah. But I am gonna get, 
um, specific to some. So this is the other thing about oh, the feature that I don't like. This Hollywood Reporter isn't. Oh, fuck you, Hollywood Reporter, for changing your link after I put it in the show notes. So this is the thing too. <laughs> Actually, we're missing a trailing paren on that. That might be why it doesn't work. Maybe. Um. So the reason that uh I get kind of pissed off about this too. Another reason that I I do anyway is that um. There's no guarantee that whatever your platform of choice is, is going to play all these different things. So, for example, I have an Apple TV. I cannot use, currently, my Amazon Prime subscription to watch Amazon Prime content on an Apple TV. So, what are my solutions there? Well, I have to have another fucking device that will play it if I want to watch it on my TV. Which means now I don't necessarily... I have multiple subscriptions and have to have multiple devices. So, there's no... In Disney's case, they don't really have a hardware game, so I'm assuming they're going to probably put it on the big providers. But what did they decide at the big providers? Is that going to be Roku? Is that going to be PlayStation? Is that going to be Apple TV? Is that going to be none of the above? Are they going to be like, well, fuck Apple because they screwed us on the deal for uh, um, whatever iTunes thing we own. Um, so we're going to you know skip that pl- platform and we're just going to put it exclusively onto the Xbox One or something like that um, because that's going to be a thing that really pisses me off because I'm not going to buy an Xbox One just to watch the Disney thing. Uh, although I do think this is probably a service I'm going to end up subscribing to if it's not exorbitantly priced, if it's in the realm of the other things that are out so far, I think between Marvel and uh, Lucasfilm alone, I would probably subscribe to it. Uh, presuming, of course, they don't also uh, uh, fuck themselves over and decide that you know there's going to be like a year exclusivity before a movie from theaters can come out onto the service or whatever. Like if they do something reasonable, this would be a, something I want. But that's another you know sort of technical challenges. Are they going to put it on all the boxes? Are they going to put it on all the boxes with more than a million purchasers? Are, are they going to put it on only on the boxes with uh, companies whom will give them BJ's? You know, like, I don't know what the case is going to be here, but I just know that this isn't really the future well, I was hoping for. Yeah, And here's the deal. I, sh- I should mention, um, going back to the Game of Thrones discussion, one of the reasons why I haven't watched it for so long is because I am a Comcast slash Xfinity customer. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I have not necessarily watched Game of Thrones um, is because my HBO Go account has not been compatible with the PlayStation platform for so many years that I actually stopped trying until like a month ago. And I was like, hey, I wonder if this is finally compatible. And it and it is. But there was no fanfare. There was nothing about it. Like, I had the same thing. We, we had a Roku XD or something like that, which is, I think, properly like the Roku 2 or like 2.5. And uh, considering, I think we're only on like maybe the Roku three or one version. We have a, we have a, we have a new like it's a it's a there's a new Roku out, but uh, it's it's the first one past three, I think. So yeah, yeah you're so not. it's it's not like it's it's a ridiculously it is a few years old at this point, but like it i went looking for it in the forums basically said yeah they're never getting hbo go and it's not this is another thing that pisses me off there's no technical limitation roku can stream video uh hbo streams video there's no technical limitation there's no reason why they don't have to support the platform other than there's somebody who said uh this is not a platform we care about and we're only going to support this model or roku made the deal and they said hey look we really really got to have you on the three uh we're willing to suck your dicks uh just please pull them out right now and we'll suck your dicks as long as you put us on the three and they were like, well, we also want to bend you over uh, uh, and just raw dog it uh, and they were, uh, to get on the two. And they were like, no, that's too far. You know, I'm not willing to go that far. Um, so, yeah, not a fan. Uh, this this streaming feature, there's a lot of things I like about it. I like having on-demand content that I can watch whenever I want. I like being able to pick my own stuff, I, although I wish some of these things were a little bit more conservatively priced. And then uh, finally... <laughs> 
<laughs> whatever the fuck Matt's doing. Uh, and then finally, uh, the whole device story is uh, another big question. There's a lot of different platforms that you can get this stuff to stream on your TV to. And uh, which companies decide to support which things right now is a little bit of a clusterfuck. So here's my thing. Um, Disney actually bought uh, equity in a... God damn it. Oh, you want to have a web rant really fast? Can we talk about the internet for a fucking second? I owe everybody a fucking beer, I guess. Did you click something that autoplayed? Or was that you? I'm just on a Hollywood Reporter article. Uh, And it just autoplayed bullshit? Yeah. Okay, so every, every website that does that, go fuck yourself. Uh, just really hard you find a find the tallest thickest rake you can find and just stick that right up whatever holes available because that nobody wants that there's zero people who want that and when you complain when your website says like oh we'd like to show you this article but you've got ad block on i have ad block on because you've been an asshole every single time it's like you're a rape victim oh man people are not gonna like this analogy but it's like you're a rape victim and then suddenly you suspect a lot of guys are gonna rape you uh it's the same thing we suspect you're all gonna do it because i don't like that analogy because probably more people are going to actually try and rape them than than we would like to believe but um (laughs) yeah uh it's it's basically like when my five-year-old daughter walks up to me with a piece of food that she's had in her hand for the last half an hour and tries to get me to eat it and i'm like stop doing that because literally nobody wants you to do that not a single person yeah and there's not like a scenario which you're going to take a bite of that food now and you're gonna be like oh this is good no no i I totally misjudged you for the last 30 minutes i yeah i I did want that cheeto that most of the orange stuff is actually on your fingers from yeah Yeah. that maybe may or may not have spent some time between the couch cushions that's what you're at she's not actually like two or anything like that like it's a little better now that she's five but she still like just walks up to me and puts food in my face and i'm just like stop stop (laughs) no please don't do that that's not a thing we do um but but that's like autoplaying video on the web that's that's what you're doing essentially you're you're taking this thing that nobody really wants nobody really wants no nobody's ever said hey you know what i really would like i would like if somebody blared some fucking advertising in my face all of a sudden without warning yeah uh, um when i open up a regular old web page and and nobody has said that this is one of those situations where it's kind of my fault because i i mostly always have the sound muted on my laptop it's just i wanted to hear uh the audio from no, that shack video now you're 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 fucking victim blaming here you're victim blaming uh, you, you are the victim in this scenario this is not your fault you, that's, that's not behavior you should expect from no a website. but i should have known better i should have yeah. known better you, you if you would have just dressed properly this right. wouldn't have happened i, I mean who just goes around uh, uh just open websites all willy-nilly you should have known better walking in that neighborhood at night jesus christ yeah uh man. My, my favorite my favorite is when you click on a link for something that's like as silly as like looking at a sports score for something the next day. And then it opens like a new or from the previous day. And then it opens like a new window behind it that you don't know is open. And it's like, are you 18? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, ah, oh. yes, I'm 18. Show me some tits already. No, yeah. anyway. Um, so guys, uh, just so we're clear that's a funny joke analogy i i completely understand like i'm not actually equating rape rape victims to me having to watch an ad every now and then uh that was a joke that, just kidding yeah just kidding yeah um jk lol um so, so, anyway. so okay here's here's my portion of the rant um the article specifically says to help do this disney will acquire a majority of bam tech the streaming technology company owned by MLBAM. That's Major League Baseball Advanced Media for those of you who don't uh, follow baseball. Um, They're also the people behind the WWE Network, which of course you guys know that we're fans of, but here's the deal. It doesn't fucking work. (laughs) There's problems with it. 
Especially when you're watching archive content, there's problems with it. There's problems with the MLB network. Um, not even archive content. When we watch fucking the, the, the fucking pay per view, um, th- there's problems with that half the time. Live streaming for, okay. I'm going to come to their defense a little bit because like the live streaming piece of it, like I don't understand the specifics of live streaming and what you need to do to, to reach as many people as they probably do on a regular basis. So I don't necessarily feel like they do a terrible job. There are occasions where it'll, it'll like pause and then you'll end up like a, a minute and a half behind um, by the time things over with uh, sometimes. But sometimes when I'm watching archive content, I'm just like, it's, it's constantly freezing it's pausing. I can't get it to play. Like there's, there's skipping kind of, you know, and I'm just like, guys, I'm watching stuff from the year 2001. There's probably not 700 million people watching the same thing I'm watching at that same time. Um, well, that, okay. You want to talk technical for a second? That's so, actually a little bit of your problem because if there were 700 million people watching it, it'd be cache in memory somewhere and it would be very easy to do. Well, they'd probably have more servers dedicated to it as well. Yeah. But, um, Here's my thing. Like, if Disney is contracting with these same people to do it, like, they're going about it the wrong way. Like, they really, they would have been better off probably paying Netflix a little bit more money to spin off a different service. Because Netflix, for, I I don't know how they do it, and because, you know, I'm an IT guy by trade, but, like, I'm not a a digital media uh, server expert by any means. And so it's like, it just seems to me like you'd want to partner with the company that does it better than anybody else. And as far as being able to deliver product to as many people as they do, Netflix really kind of has that technology down. Uh, and it seems to me like they would have been better off uh, leveraging that relationship rather than uh, going with a service that has been proven to be technically not as proficient at it as other people. Yeah. So I don't know. This is the other mixed bag with streaming. Like, um, so streaming and digital media in general, um, when you, when you got a piece of digital media on a hard drive, it's really nice when you're just sitting on your computer because you take that little scrubber and you move that scrubber to wherever the fuck you want to watch in the video and it just goes there and you can watch that part of the video. Streaming for some reason, uh, unbeknownst to me, um, has never really been able to offer that. And you get conflicting sorts of behaviors depending on what it is you're trying to do. Some services get pretty good. Then you just have to wait for the buffering or whatever it is. And I'm mostly okay with that. What I don't like is when streaming and, 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 uh, moving that little scrubber is entirely unpredictable. When I move it, you know, three minutes into the video and all of a sudden it plays at two minutes and 40 seconds. That's not what I want. I moved it three minutes into the video, the, play the, it three minutes into the fucking video. The native windows 10 plex app is actually, I guess, changed over the last couple of days because like i've noticed that when i'm streaming hd content that i have uh in my plex library at work instead of actually stuttering for the first 30 seconds of the episode yeah it now will actually just show me a buffering thing and then it plays yeah the plex app i don't know plex plex lately is plex don't get me wrong is one of my favorite things but also one of my least favorite things because right now for me it's one of the least reliable things that i use on on the regular Um, oh i've been having great luck with it lately it's weird that's good because like on the apple tv um and i need to check back on it because i've just reverted to using the playstation for everything plex related on the tv because the apple tv app has been mostly broken for any anything uh, movie related and uh, on Windows 10 or my iPad it's like hit or miss so um, I used your Apple TV for place the other day 
Yeah, well, TV TV is fine. I don't I, I, I don't know if it's a file format thing or if it's purely a length thing, but TV for me is fine. Rock solid uh, on Apple TV, which is where I do most of my Plex watching. Um, but movies, for some reason, like I have some movies that'll play on, uh, will not play on Apple TV, uh, that will play on Windows. I have some. Uh, the, the other thing too that I find is the the by far most reliable thing that they have without question no no uh, um thing and um no qualifications is the Windows desktop theater system thing that they really don't support anymore that came out like uh five years ago or ten years ago or something like that not ten but you know some you know a really long time in technology they, they have a terms. Windows ten specific uh Plex app that if you're a Plex Pass subscriber or if yeah. you pay for the app the, I bought the, the app use. I bought the universal the, the UW UWP app in terms of uh, Windows things. And it's not reliable. Um, it, it's just not as, it's not nearly as reliable as the Windows desktop theater thing that came out like years and years and years ago. And that's really, really disappointing. And I think it's a little bit Microsoft's fault because I have a feeling that a major reason that that is, is because there's probably APIs and stuff like that that aren't allowed for universal Windows apps that are, that you don't have to care about for non-universal Windows apps. So I don't know. Just fucking Plex, though. It, it's not working for me 100% of the time on I- any one platform, and that, that is the most frustrating thing. Like, So I, I have only just recently become a Plex Pass subscriber. Ironically, so have I. I only just recently bought Plex Pass like two months ago. Um, I do like the fact that when I... So I, I've had the app on my phone for a long time. Um, the bitch about Plex is that unless you're a PlayStation uh owner the apps mostly only work if you pay either specifically by the app or if you're a plex pass subscriber um other than that you can watch like a a a minute long preview of whatever it is that you're trying to stream and then it tells you that you have to pay for the the fucking yeah uh, it sort of depends it's weird because like on certain platforms it's fine like you can no that's not true on ios i think it's either a paid app or plex pass it is Um, on windows it's ios or plex pass yeah uh, ironically, though, I don't think that's true on used PlayStation. To be. I think PlayStation used... used to be, but then, but then they changed it uh, six months to a year, maybe, maybe a little longer than that ago. Um, which I thought was weird um, that it they would weird. make that decision. I kind of wish they would just, you know, the way I think they should do it is just Plex Pass or nothing. Um, yeah, because I mean, basically, unless you're only ever going to watch on your PlayStation, like there's there there's going to yeah, be other ways. Because okay. here's here's what I don't like. I don't like. On Windows, for example, um, if I'm trying to watch it on my computer, like before, the only option I had was to either pay for the Plex Pass, which I wasn't doing at the time, and use the app, or I could go to Plex online, sign into my account, then launch the the web client thingy, the web client thingy, and then I could I could watch whatever. Um, but there's a lot of steps to go through. Whereas, you know, if you're a Plex Pass subscriber, like you basically just install the app. You know, you can, you know, pin it to your start menu, pin it to your desktop, whatever you want to do and just open it and go. Yeah. When, when the Plex Pass app works or when the Plex app works, it, it, it is a very good experience. Um, when it doesn't work though, it's fucking infuriating because it, it, it's usually like, okay, I know this file will play. I know it's there. I know it'll play. Uh, it's just doing the jiggery pokery where you figure out which thing you need to play it in. So like, uh, if I open it up in VLC, it'll work, but I can't play VLC on my Apple TV. So what do I got to do to get it to work on my Apple TV? Well, I'm going to open it up on the Plex client and my, um, iPad and airplay it to the TV. Cause I know that airplay, the, the iOS app works, but the Apple TV app doesn't work. And 
just sort that shit out. I don't know what the, the problem exactly is, but sort that shit out. Like, if you yeah. need to make it all server-based to make that happen, you need to figure that out because it should I, be a fairly solid experience, and it's not. The, the transcoders had or miss a little bit, too, because I have one particular show where, like, I have um, the season one of it. Like, I can watch on my computer, and it's just fine. Everything's there. Video, audio, it works just yeah. fine flawlessly. I try and open it through the Plex app on the PlayStation, and the video's there, but no audio. See, I'd like it to get a little smarter too, because, um, these are all probably, um, hardware codec issues. Like, so for example, um, I know, or I'm at least fairly confident that, confident rather, that the reason that, say, um, it works great in the Plex Home Theater app, but it doesn't work great in the Plex for Windows 10 app is because, uh, Plex has raw hardware access. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the home theater version versus, um, the, the Windows app not. It has to go through APIs and whatever, so it can't go direct hardware codec and whatever. Um, and that's probably going to be true too. Different hardware platforms have different hardware encoding, uh, uh, capabilities. So, for example, if you want to play MPEG 2, um, it's very easy to do on most platforms because there's usually a hardware chip designed just to decode MPEG 2. Well, and MPEG 2 um, is a specific file type, whereas, like, when you get a little bit more specific and you're talking like MKV or mp4 those are containers uh for the h264 format versus an actual file type yeah sorry i guess i should say h264 um that's what i meant to say actually not mpic2 but h264 has hardware encoders on most platforms these days and so if you're playing something that's not h264 you have to go cpu encoding which generally sucks um so what I, i guess i'm saying is like i would like plex to be smarter on the back end um because for example, when I've got four fucking six terabytes of storage available, I want Plex to spin up, like, I want Plex to look at my network and say, oh, you got an Apple TV and that's got H.264 support, but it doesn't have, you know, whatever stupid video file support that this thing is. Uh, so, um, I'm going to go ahead and create a version automatically without you thinking about it that will, um, play on that thing well. And if you yeah. don't play it for six months, then maybe I'll just delete it or, and- you know, whatever. And guys, for, or for, as things tighten up, I'll clear up space on the clients that you don't use ever. For you guys listening at home, um, if you've ever dabbled in, you know, computer video, things like that, um, the, the terms MP4, um, or MKV, they're not actually a file type. Those are considered a container. A container, um, it, it, picture it like a boat and you have, a specific thing that you're hauling in that boat. Well, that boat can haul different types of things. Um, so you might have a particular brand of TV or a particular um, hardware uh, thing that you can hook up to your TV, like a like a Blu-ray player or whatever that says supports MKV. It might not actually, because MKV is literally just a container that's hauling a specific type of information to your to your computer and and your if if or your um, TV or, or Blu-ray player. And if your Blu-ray player doesn't understand what the boat is hauling, you're still not going to be able to play it. That's where codecs come into, into, into play. And, and on a PC, you have a lot better chance of finding a way to play that, that particular piece Just of that, that file. VLC. Like, yeah, VLC is awesome. Yeah. Cause it can do I, almost anything. I haven't really found anything. I can't throw a VLC. VLC. Uh, Divix player is also really good, but Divix is kind of an old technology. Yeah, that's Divix, on its is, way out. Divix is pretty much dead now. The other, Option that was that was another Disney. Classic. That was another Disney uh, piece yeah. of technology. Uh, anyway, long story short, because <laughs> we started talking about Disney um, launching their own network in uh, 2019 
using a company that's not been entirely successful um, in in reliability. Yes, the product works. Um, but, Asterisk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot like Barry Bonds might be in the Hall of Fame one day, but there's going to be a big asterisk that says, um, this guy did a lot of fucking steroids <laughs> Pretty next much. to it. Um, so don't get used to seeing Disney slash, uh, Marvel slash Star Wars things on Netflix because, uh, before you know it, it's not going to be there. Yeah. Last piece on that. I think this means that Netflix really needs to go all in on original content. Like they're doing a great job with their original I, content so I, far, but they're getting a harder and harder. Like they're getting shorter shrift when it comes to making any deals that are worthwhile. That's where they're going. I mean, they're, they've been, they've been making so many plays lately. And what's more is they're buying properties that other people have given up on um, and turned it into Netflix original content. Like yeah. uh, I can't remember. I can't name a show specifically right now because I've had a few beers, but like, there's things that you watch on there that are like, oh, Netflix original. Oh, Arrested Development. That's a, that's a good example right mm-hmm. there. It is not actually Netflix original, but they bought it and they're doing season five, I think. Now they're, they're yeah. in, is in production. So I think we talked about that on a few shows ago. Okay. So if you feel like punching Disney in the face for removing itself from Netflix, you might feel like Ronda Rousey does when she gets in the ring in an ultimate fighter cage match. Um, yeah. Well, she's kind of rough gotten, segue. She's. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe your maybe your Netflix into Disney was better I'm yeah, just gonna say maybe maybe your Netflix and you feel like Ronda Rousey's face a lot of the time right now um in which case this might be a good move for you so tell me Have about they that. lost two matches two two straight title fights I don't know uh they definitely I think they lost some uh, I don't think Disney's the first big content loss that they've had here's, so. here's the thing I love Ronda Rousey um Ronda Rousey has been amazing to watch in the UFC over the last several years um she you know, is she is to UFC what Mike Tyson was to uh the boxing commission back in the 80s you know what's crazy people turned on Rousey faster than they turned on Mike Tyson and she didn't even bite anybody's fucking ear off dude or rape anybody it, it was ridiculous and here's the thing it's like she lost one fight and they're like well fuck that chick you know like she lost a fight I mean Jesus Christ technically she lost two and she did lose them in pretty quick fashion but that's the nature of UFC like um everybody has a bad day and um yeah, having two become, bad days doesn't necessarily mean you're the worst ever either. Well, and that's the thing is when you are to UFC what Ronda Rousey was, you are a target. Oh, for sure. And you've got these guys that are training for literally months that are girls, sorry. Um I don't mean to lump everybody into one thing. I just use the term guys. It's it's an androgynous thing to me, but I think it is, yeah. I um, say guys all the time, whatever. Yeah, um but I mean, you've got these people that are literally just training only to defeat you. Like that's all they're doing is they're 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 working on a way to you know uh, find the chink in your armor and every just single, take you down. Watching every single inch of tape that you've ever you know been in and trying to figure out how right. to, how to kill you. you right. Um, so I don't want to take anything away from Ronda Rousey when we say that she's lost uh, a, a couple of fights and stuff like that, and it's been hard to watch um, her lose those fights because she is so proud of of what she does and whatnot. But what is not hard to watch is anytime she has any interaction with the WWE, whether it was at SummerSlam, uh, was it SummerSlam or WrestleMania? I think it was WrestleMania a couple of years ago. She was out there with The Rock, um, uh, teasing what really looked like it was going to be like The Rock and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, which would have been fucking amazing. <sighs> oh man. Yeah. That was, that was a few years they back. They missed an opportunity there. Um, would have been amazing. Uh, at the time, I don't think Dana White was willing to, uh, to let go of, of Ronda. Right. to do that it doesn't but, surprise me at all um 
but they did do the Mae Young classic recently and Ronda Rousey was out there with her entourage as as usual in the crowd only um it's because two of the members of her entourage actually had a vested interest in the Mae Young classic because I think one of them um was in it and another one is training to be a WWE uh wrestler but uh it's always been speculated that Ronda would would head to WWE uh I don't really think even if even if she hadn't lost the last couple of of her UFC bouts, I think it was kind of a given. It's looking like there's a little bit more to that now. Um, after especially after uh, the the coverage she was given um, at the May Young Classic, the irony of this is that uh, Triple H is now coming out and saying that you know he's not sure where her future is at this point. Um, so there's a couple different things. There's the, there's some articles we posted, uh, ones from the Denver post, um, that basically talks about how she's reportedly training already and that she's taken a few bumps early. Um, I've, I've heard, um, some additional information that says she might actually be training with the Brian Kendrick, uh, who is, uh, one of the cruiserweights, um, to, to learn how to wrestle. Um, and then Triple H is coming out, um, you know, just today actually saying, you know, um, he's pretty sure she's getting married soon. That's the speculation. She's not actually announced anything, but it, but word is out that that's, that's happening. Um, so he's not exactly sure where, where she stands with things, but he's definitely willing to entertain the idea of, of giving her an opportunity. Uh, Eddie and I have some thoughts on this, uh, given where we're at with Brock Lesnar at this particular point in time. Yeah, so I have a few thoughts. So the one that uh, we haven't really talked about is um, I kind of think that if there wasn't any smoke to this fire, Hunter wouldn't comment. Like, uh, if there wasn't any smoke, there's no reason for him to even bring it up. Like, Hunter, I think, would keep in, in kayfabe, like, the whole time. And so if there weren't any smoke to this fire, he wouldn't bother making a comment about it. No. Um, what he's doing right now is 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 smart, actually, from a business standpoint, because um, I don't think they have a signed deal. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And also, even if they did have a pretty solid agreement that this was going to happen, like he's, he's kind of, um, playing it close to the, close to the vest. Like you, this is going to be big money for them. Yeah, like he's teasing it. He's teasing it in a pretty yeah. solid way. And I think that's the way that they should go with this. Um, you know, the thought you were talking about, and we talked about this a lot over text in this last week when we were talking about this rumor. Um, so Lesnar, um, I've just recently come back to the business in this last year or two. I'm not really religious about it. We watch the pay-per-views. I catch a raw every now and then. Um, and, and, you know, once or once on a blue moon, I've, I've watched a SmackDown. Um, I don't like Lesnar. I, it, and it's not that I don't like Lesnar, although I don't like Lesnar. Um, but <laughs> the, the thing, I, one of the main things I don't like is I don't like a part-timer holding the belt like this. Um, because it removes sort of any sort of storyline aspect of the thing. Um, and it makes it uninteresting to me because I just know Lesnar is going to come out. He's going to deliver an F5 in a couple of, he's going to go to Suplex City and it's going to be a two minute match. And you know, he's going to retain the belt. It's just like with Samoa Joe. Like it was like a, oh, that's cool. They're going to put Samoa Joe there. That's a big push for Samoa Joe. But on the other hand, it's like, well, there's only one way this match is going to end and that's boring shit. Um, mm. I'll disagree with you on that one. I did like that match um, quite a I, bit. I did. I did like the match. Don't get me wrong. I like. The I think match, both guys came out looking like a million bucks after that match. Just but, like the Goldberg uh, Lesnar match, I thought both guys looked great at, during that match. The yeah. problem is, 
um, is you've got somebody holding what is, uh, quote unquote, the most prestigious title of the business who literally is only there every two to three months for one night. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I don't like it because, like, they use it like a – it's sort of like – um it's like everybody else is a red shirt. Um, like it's like everybody else is a red shirt and Lesnar's not. And so you know how this is going to turn out like nine times out of 10. And that's, that's not interesting to me. So like, I don't want them to do the same thing with Rousey. Don't get me wrong. I assume that if they brought Rousey in, she'd get a big push pretty quick. Like it's not like she'd be like, uh, fighting up, uh, up through NXT for the next six months or something like that. I think they'd bring her in and she'd be a heavy hitter right off the bat. I bet she does come up through NXT, but my guess is that she literally annihilates everybody. In a, oh, it, like in, in five minutes. Yeah. See, but that, that's the thing. Like, and if they're going to do that and if she's going to be a full timer and she's really going to hit, hit things like, uh, Orton, Randy Orton's a good example. Didn't Randy Orton come from, uh, uh, UFC? No, Orton. Orton's a third generation. Oh, really? Wrestler. Interesting. Yeah. Orton um, came up in the early 2000s. Um, Cowboy Bob Orton, uh, was his dad. If you've ever watched wrestling throughout the 80s, Cowboy Bob Orton was, uh, the guy who had a broken arm for like three years because he always had a cast. <laughs> um and used it relatively regularly. Uh Orton though is um he was very much touted as like the next the next well not the next big thing that was Brock Lesnar back in the in 2002 but um the company really put a lot on Orton uh to do what he needed to do but he was there all the time. He got injured once. Mm-hmm. Um maybe a couple times like more recently but early in his career he got injured once but then um, i don't think there was ever any doubt that like the 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 ball was in his court for a lot of that time coming up um none of the none of the people that have come from outside of the business have ever been given the grace that brock lesnar has been given uh ufc offered him a giant giant fucking contract uh to come back um, when his last WWE contract was up and he ended up resigning with the WWE anyway. He did have the one fight with Mark Hunt. Um, and then also it came to light that two of his uh, many piss tests came back positive for an estrogen blocker. Um, he is essentially retired from the UFC at this point because if he doesn't retire, then he has to actually fill out, uh, like serve out an entire suspension uh, from those tests. So the other thing is, as a part-timer with WWE is he's not required to undergo any drug testing because part-timers don't have to. It's only the full-time roster that has to adhere to the, the, the drug test. So, yeah, so, but that's another thing that puts like a bad taste in my mouth. So anyway, as it relates back to Rousey, like if she's going to come, she's going to do, if she's going to be, you know, relatively like i don't necessarily think she needs to go full-time on every monday night raw but if i'm only going to see her at pay-per-views or every three months like i just don't fucking care just don't bother yeah um i i would like to see her uh at least i would like to see her regularly like it and and here's the thing about ronda is i i'm i don't know her but given her work ethic i bet she's probably one of those people that if she's gonna do it she's all in that's just my feeling when it comes to her is that like if, if she does sign a deal with them and she gets to the main roster, I, I think she is on either raw or SmackDown. Um, she's mentioned in the past that she would love nothing more than to hold uh, the, the WWE women's title and be a women's champion. Um, and she's a fighting champion. Like I think, I think what we, we know of Ronda Rousey is that she wants to 
she wants to be out there. She's uh, she made comments to Triple H after she was out there at WrestleMania that um, the sound coming from the crowd at WrestleMania, and I think this is one at Levi Stadium uh, in uh, in in California, um, was incredible. Like she said, it was it was nothing like nothing she's ever heard before because when she's fighting for the UFC. She doesn't allow herself to listen to the crowd. Like it's it's because she's so super focused on on her one opponent. Because you have to be because well, it's, and let's be honest, like the crowd for UFC was nowhere near the size of WWE. No, because they're usually um they're usually in an arena. I think the T-Mobile Arena is the biggest one they've been in in Vegas um for that kind of a thing. Um, also, I hate the fact that we're naming uh, arenas after companies. It's the worst. Like, uh, is yeah. the Maxi Pad Arena a thing yet? No, not quite. Okay. Not quite. Um, well, although, that was a joke. I'm I'm sad although, to hear you say not quite. Not well. I mean, there's been there's been jokes like NASCAR. Like, NASCAR is NASCAR is really big in, in in naming like they have the Coca Cola 400 and, and did, stuff like that. Do they that. have like the Vagisil? Like they, like like Larry uh, the Cable no, Guy made it made it made a tampon 200 joke. Okay, you know, and I don't think we're far off from that. All right, all right. How'd you get tickets to the tampon 200? Well, we pulled some strings. You know, that's a really ridiculous joke. But anyway. Are you working? Are you working right now? <laughs> More or less, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, you got any other thoughts on Ronda Rousey? Because Ronda, rather, uh, I, I think that's where I'm at. Um, the short story is like part time. I don't care. Like if this is just a gimmick thing, whatever. Uh, that that's that's really boring to me. It's not interesting at my all. My thoughts. If she wants to come in and actually wrestle and be a, like a full timer or close to a full timer, that that's fine. My thoughts. If you're gonna do a part time thing. Uh, you do a one-off and you do a gimmick at WrestleMania. Um, oh yeah, if it's like a Stephen Amell, like you do a one-shot sort of thing, then go for it. But um, uh, you know, I don't want to see another Lesnar situation where where every three or four months we get a title, a women's title match. <laughs> Stephen Amell cracks me up because he's in such good shape. You like you watch him training uh for Arrow and stuff like that, or like how he crushed American Ninja Warrior, right? Yeah. And then you see him get in the ring at SummerSlam. Was it last year? Yeah, I think or so. the year before. I don't remember which year it was, before. but but you see him get in the ring, and he's positively tiny yeah. compared to some of those guys, and you're just he, like, he is. Ouch! Like <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons they put him against Cody Rhodes because he's definitely not heavyweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. So that's that. Those are really my only thoughts. Is if she does it for for whatever reason, like. I want to see her do it for real, and if it's only going to be a, a gimmick thing, I, I I just I want it to be a one and done kind of a deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right. So, and and to clear up any misunderstandings for people who say that you know we hate Brock or whatever, um, I kind of do. Eddie Eddie kind of <laughs> hates Brock. I don't hate Brock because I don't hate Brock. Brock's just an entirely uninteresting wrestler to me at this point. So he's a legitimate beast, but he also has uh, legitimately negotiated himself a really, really good contract. And I can't necessarily blame him for that. Yeah. Like as a person, I don't as like, a character, it, the, it's just boring. The onus is on Vince McMahon for letting that happen. And I think if we were to see Brock on TV more often, I think that Eddie might feel differently about Brock. Yeah. Um, I think that's true too. Because I think if he was on TV more often, he would have to do something more than a few suplexes and an F5 and be done with it. Yeah, with no storyline to back him. Um, okay, guys, that's the show for this week. Um, if you want to tell us about that or how uh, I'm super wrong for liking Brock Lesnar or for not liking Brock Lesnar as character anyway, you can go and tell us on Twitter at whatevery show. We are also on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatevery show. 
if you're the UFC or WWE and you want to sponsor this podcast because Ronda Rousey is definitely listening with bated breath uh, trying to decide what you should do, you can go to sponsors at whatever.co and send us an email and we'll check you out. Do it, Ronda. And you should come on the show too. You should. Do it. Um, yeah. Uh, you can also send us any questions and or concerns that you have about the show at questions at whatever.co. Yeah, as always, like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, that'll really help the show. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, um, Apple Podcasts because it's not iTunes anymore. We are on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I believe we're also on Stitcher. Um, we're places where you can get podcasts because uh, podcasts. Fortunately, it's, it's really still a, just a feed. It's it's a federated system at this point. So um, yeah, you can go get your podcast. Uh, whatever dot co. I, I should have mentioned this top of the show. Whatever dot co slash ninety one. That'll get you to the show notes for this episode. And uh, whatever dot co will give you a nice subscribe link, so you can get it into whatever your podcast of choice, podcast player of choice is. If your friend said you should listen to the show and you did and you really liked it, but then for whatever reason your podcast client doesn't actually have our feed, let us know and we'll do whatever we can to to put some whatever juice into that feed. Yeah. Put your juice in your feed. Face, neck, and chest. That's the end of the episode. Thanks, guys.